Hello everyone, welcome to the Junkie Dolphin Game Pod. I'm Mark and as always joined by Matthew. Hello. And Nathan. Good morning. Oh. Cold. Cold. I kind of feel like you're always cold, Matt. Yeah, to be fair. Winter time I'm, I'm like cold and as soon as you get to summer, yeah, I'm too hot. <laughs> always the case, isn't it? Mm. Nathan, how are you? Yeah, all good. Good. Just had a birthday, so yeah. How'd that go? It went well. It went well. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. Um, we went to Turtle Bay and had some cocktails, and then we went to the common room in Sheffield and had a few games of pool, had more drinks, and then went home and had more drinks, and then I went to bed at about three o'clock. So, yeah, it was nice. Lots of drinks, lots of presents. Those sorts of days are far behind me. Right, shall we get into the news? Everybody want to yeah. start? Shall we talk about NFTs? You want to go straight into the NFT talk? I purposely wanted to avoid this topic, but no, I feel like it's just going to, oh, you love it, Mark. It's going to keep cropping up, isn't it? Yeah, go going. on. Go on, then. So, um, as you may know, um, Konami brought out some Castlevania 35th anniversary NFTs, and they went on sale on the... 14th and 15th of January, and all the sales have concluded, and it's netted them £118,000 or $162,000. So they've done pretty well out of it. I honestly thought you were going to say, and here I've got one. Yeah, <laughs> I, d- I don't have that much money and to spend on one of these. I, I, a bit of me wishes I did, but no, the, um, no. the one that went for the most money. Um, it's called Castlevania Dracula's Castle Pixel Art, and that went for a whopping $26,000 or 8 Ethereum, because that's how you bid using the Ethereum crypto. So, whatever. You just go and just print screen. You could if you wanted to. Right. If, if you want to have that, that undermines the whole thing. But... It, it doesn't, because along with. The image itself, you pretty much get a certificate of authenticity using the blockchain for the image. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Because it's only a one of a kind or, well, certain NFTs are one of a kind. Well, it wouldn't be a one of a kind, would it, if I just did that? No, but within the space of NFT, it is one of a kind. (laughs) Within the space of NFT. Because when when you go and when you list an NFT, you can say how many of one that an NFT gets created. So if I want to post our Joking Dolphin logo, for example, as an NFT, I've not thought about this at oh, all. Oh, no, you've already done it, haven't you? No, <laughs> no, no, yeah. no, no. <laughs> no. Well, it, how much have you made? No, it costs about $100 to list normally. Um, so I don't want to spend that kind of money on listing something that may never be sold. But I'm, I'm never going to say maybe one day because I know you two would probably eat me. So... Um, oh, bad. Not, not sure about oh, eating you, but yeah, calm down. Maybe just a bit of a nibble. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've got that. That'd be nice. <laughs> <Lick>. <laughs> Ooh, right. Uh, anyway, this is going to be off topic. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, Konami did that. I'm not totally surprised by it at all because every week we're talking about NFTs now, and different companies giving their stance and getting into it, and with Konami's track record on what they're doing within the gaming space mm. just adds more credence to them 
going down the rabbit hole of not being a very good game company, i.e. eFootball. <laughs> and their treatment of dormant uh, IPs. Yeah, I know you've got some strong words against that one, Matt. <sighs> but they weren't the only, I suppose, high-profile supporter of NFTs, apparently. As I think we found out over Twitter that a uh, certain high-profile voice actor got a bit of a, a bit of stick, a bit of flack for his supposed support of it. Um, although maybe there might be more to it than that. <laughs> as uh, as Nathan shares uh, an image that seems well, a, a definitely a support for a certain character. Certain character seems to have risen thanks to this. <laughs> uh, that was for sure. Um, so the 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 ever present always voicing his opinion thing Troy Baker then we think we know him from such certain games and and uh, various media um he, he tweeted out that he was in he was in a partnership with a company called voice first nft about yeah if you want to pull up the tweet because I've just written down stuff His tweet said, I'm partnering with at Voice First NFT to explore Mm. ways where together we might bring two new, where we might bring new tools to new creators to make new things and allow everyone a chance to own and invest in the IPs they create. We all have a story to tell. You can hate or you can create. What'll it be? And I think that's the bit that irked people, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that's the, that was the part I think everyone focused on. I think it was less about him being in partnership with this company more about well the choice is, of words that just didn't help no no it didn't um and there was a lot of negativity should we say that was that was thrown his way um as many as there's been plenty of memes about how abby was right in in the last of us part two of uh, <laughs> of uh, doing a certain thing that we won't say in case of spoiling she played golf that's what she did let's face yeah. it yeah, yeah, she she's got a good uh good good swing. Uh, we'll see. Joel in one. Joel, that's your big podcast name. That's uh, a lot of negativity came through his way. Um, but then I think I think he came out. Was it was it the following day? It might have been a couple of days after. So I'm I'm not exactly sure on it. But he came over like a following tweet, basically. But it wasn't an trying apology. to. It, it was less an apology, more of a clarification of what he meant by. Um, you can either hate or or create something maybe that was a little antagonistic he said yeah yeah you you think Um, and then and I think it was it was it was further discussed over um, the uh, the podcast that he does um, the what's called the I think it's play play watch listen sorry Um, with his hosts I think it's Mike Bethel, Anthony, Wintry, and Lana Pierce, who I think we've spoken about quite a few times, yeah. um, who has apparently gone on record in saying death to NFTs. So it's a bit of an interesting watch. I, I watched it and I think I'd, I'd send a link to you guys if you wanted to kind of watch it. I don't know if you did watch it or I listened. did watch that one because as, as I sent the message back to you, I've, uh, yeah. the, I used to watch them and then Troy just came across as a bit obnoxious. Yeah, so yeah. I just stopped watching it. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I I got to about four or five minutes, and I was like, I think that's enough for me to understand kind of where 
Troy was trying to come with with over his tweet. So so a lot a lot of the discussion was over his tweet and kind of basically Lana saying, um, if you if you like FTs, I'm not going to be a friend anymore. Basically, wow. <laughs> which is quite okay. Um, maybe I should but, watch it. Well, yeah, maybe we should. But his his explanation was a lot of kind of just he he was approached by his company and he liked the idea of creating, you know, like new tools for voice acting and stuff. Apparently the whole idea of this voice NFT is that if you, if you buy, say like you buy the voice of, of Troy Baker and then you, I mean, you like, you, you own like the, the uh, way of being able to use his voice for yeah. media and stuff, basically like almost kind of like, making his own job kind of obsolete if you just have a Yeah, voice. this is what I don't understand. And you don't need to pay him then. You just use his voice wherever, basically. That's what I don't well, get. Yeah. You'd get money from selling his voice NFT, wouldn't he? And what well, you they, can this do... Say, isn't it? It's like, surely he's losing out think... on money no, but through the middle. Other something... than being paid for his voice. Yeah, but wouldn't you just do it directly? Wouldn't you just ask him to do play something? And pay him that? Apparently, there's is this is what, what they're talking about. That like apparently there's there's quite a few games, smaller game studios who think of the idea of having voice in their in their games, but then the actual cost of it, the arranging to get the voice actors to come over to their location, especially during kind of COVID time, it's a bit you know there's a lot of difficulties at the moment for that kind of stuff where people just end up going for text to speech sort of thing rather than having full voice stuff this this is a lot of what they discussed in the podcast um but his, his whole idea wasn't that he was supporting nfts but he was supporting this idea that they brought to him about the whole sounds like backpedaling to me i don't even necessarily backpedaling i mean if you watch the whole podcast i think I think he had he had a good intention in his mind of what mm. he wanted to do with this mm. but there were, what was the, what was the reason for the hate and create thing there? There would there would be no reason. To um, so according to him, uh, he thought, and this is kind of what Alana and like the other hosts thought they meant, but obviously taken out of context, it's obviously flipped the opposite. Was that he was more trying to be inspiring, oh, and that he would rather create stuff than. But it's a lot easier to tear something down than it is to build uh, it up. So. Yeah. So they, they they essentially explained to him like the so they sort of knew what he kind of meant, but in this world of NFTs, uh, apparently of people who support like crypto and that kind of stuff use that kind of language as being quite you know obviously like oh you're either with us or you're against us sort of thing. So that's how it kind of came across on the internet, which he should have thought and. I think to be fair, I think he, he understood that he could have worded that a lot better. He 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 screwed up. That in that instance. Yeah. <laughs> um but I don't know. I I feel like overall is I I don't think he's necessarily in support of it because he, he does mention that he, he does have kind of an ignorance to what NFTs are. So it's not that he's necessarily in support of them, but more of a he's in the support of Looking at new ways of obviously creating new media and, and technology and stuff for voice acting and that, um, but I still think I still think his words they use were poorly chosen. 
So yes, they were. But it's it's an interesting read. Maybe, maybe you'll, if if you go and find find the podcast, you'll you'll be able to listen to it and see what you think. I do like Alana in this though. Like she's she's absolutely like you no. better explain yourself, <laughs> otherwise you know you're getting cut. <laughs> Um, she also she also did Grillmon if if he did this purely for gaining profit. Well, let's which, face it, he's got a job to do at the end of the day. Well, I was say it wasn't that. So, he's so, not going to uh, do maybe, it maybe, for free. Right, maybe, maybe I chose that uh, wrongly. Rather than profit, um, did he do this as a get rich quick scheme, basically, rather than actual you know earning money? Yeah, I think he earns enough money doing what he actually does anyway, not yeah. without this. Well, a lot of it said, like, what he does is for his family, and that's it. Like, if he, no matter any job he takes, he's always thinking of his family, because he does have, like, a kid and, and a wife and that, so. But, yeah, I don't know. NFTs continue to... Polarise. Polarise, and need to go away. Anyway. <laughs> Nolan North needs to come out now. Nolan North comes out. Absolutely. Give, just give like, NFTs a good kicking. Just, just slaps Troy in the face. <laughs> yeah. Just, just coming back to it slightly, I, I think it's interesting, definitely for like the smaller developers that can't really pay to have something bespoke with Troy Baker's voice there, so they could potentially buy that voice by NFT and use that within a game, and then potentially sell that onto another developer and like recoup some of that money back once the game is being developed and done. But then again, I wouldn't know what the legality of that would be because then at that stage you don't actually own his voice. Well, but I think this is it. Yeah, this, this, the actual technology. So, so from what I'm hearing, the actual the actual technology behind it, you know, the blockchain stuff, is apparently interesting. It's just the actual application that we're seeing of it is not brilliant. But we we don't know what can be done with this stuff. Like. Um, just kind of bring in there, there was a there was a whole discussion over on Twitter on Mike Childers' uh, Twitter. Um, if you don't know who he is, he's he's like one of the the lead is he a lead guitarist? He's he's one of the big guys in Linkin Park basically. And his whole discussion, like he was like, oh, he didn't understand why people seem to be antagonistic to it because he was like, oh, what if you could get a skin of say like uh, Spider-Man then you can use it in Fortnite and then you can use it in, in um, Call of Duty and blah 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 and there was a whole fairly civil discussion on his Twitter from game developers and people in the game in saying this would just be impossible the technology at the moment just wouldn't be able to do that also the legality of having yeah, I was gonna say you know, that. Well, Spider-Man that example in, in Fortnite like if you want Spider-Man then you get to use them everywhere but then you'd have to like how do you like all the skinning, all the the you know the things that go into making a model between games? How would they match up just using one skin? There's a lot of talk about like how this just would be impossible, and also obviously the usual arguments against NFTs of you know um, the it's, it's it's not obviously great for the environment. Plus, a lot of what has been made currently just seems like kind of scams. So it, it was interesting. Reads going through his Twitter and seeing everyone come up with those ideas and stuff, and I can see I can see why people seem to be pushing this idea of like, well, we have the technology, why can't we do more of it? And I agree to a certain extent. I think maybe this technology could be 
used at some point for for good stuff, but just at the moment it's just not. <laughs> I mean, it's it's fairly gunk at the minute, and well, that's maybe, it. maybe we'll see in the next technology. two or three years what it can actually do and what it can potentially bring that's actually yeah. good to the industry. Because right now it is getting a bad rap because well, this is it, it seems uh, to be used just for purely monetary purely profit, gain, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it's like oh, I've got this JPEG of Alucard from Castlevania buy off me and you get the, the single use of it but then once you've got it what do you do with it i own i own a jpeg but well, it's, like, well it's speculative isn't it you're hoping that that goes up but for the creator you can also set a percentage of any future sales so going forward i, d- I don't know whether canon's done this with the castlevania nfts you could put like a 20 percent rebate okay, any future purchases so there's that side of it as well for like the company that creates the NFT or the person that creates and lists that NFT. This is going to become a regular thing probably on this podcast. So. <laughs> well, that's not just the end of it though, because um, that company that Troy was in, uh, going on about, uh, they've been accused of plagiarism. There was, yeah. Been, uh, I think they, someone did some some like data mining or some digging into them and they've got like some four, uh, Voice files, I think, from from another career that they took without their permission. Yeah. So, so that's helped matters. Yeah, I think that's that was some that was also brought up in the podcast actually by Alana. So. Um, <sighs> well, shall we move on to something else that was on Twitter? Yeah. Oh, that wonderful world of Twitter. Mm. So uh, last week, I think it was shortly after our last pod. Uh, there were a hashtag started trending on Twitter, which was hashtag Save Red Dead Online. Now, this is because Rockstar on the 6th of January they put out a tweet, which basically, and all, all it said was start off the new year with bonuses on a land of opportunities, cold arms, gag hideouts, and more all month long in Red Dead Online. And this kind of sparked thought that they've pretty much done away with Red Dead. They're not going to get any major updates, if, if that's all they're going to have for an entire month. Meanwhile, they've just had this update to GTA Online, where they've got the Franklin and Dr. Dre thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people were hopeful that, obviously, with the new year, Red Dead was going to have you know, big plans, maybe naively. Uh, but yeah, that's not happened. So the hashtag trended with tweets accusing Rockstar of negligence towards the game and chasing the money by pumping all the resources into GTA Online instead. Uh, but games finally decided enough is enough. Now I have to say, I am I love Red Dead myself. So mm-hmm. I decided to join in on the act. Because yep, you I rebel. feel like, yep, we've played Red Dead Online. We've enjoyed yeah. a little bit. But there is so much of a lack of content for that game compared to it oh, simply. Yeah. It's mm. insane. And gamers have just had enough now. And I'm... I'm I'm quite happy that finally, in the end, I don't think this will do anything. Oh, no. At all. Particularly yeah. with uh, GTA Online about to go free to play. Like in the next couple of months, isn't it? Some, uh, no. And then obviously there's going to be the new GTA 5. Oh, the next gen. Yeah. So, of course, they're not even going to care about Red Dead now. But it's just. It's, it's, it's a so shame. Sad. It's, it's a, so it's sad. Shame. This is like the, the thing is you, you could you could think of the things there's, there's that they so could put much, in it. Yeah, there's so much that they could do with like, stuff. Where's the bank ice? Where's the train mm. robberies? 
Yeah. You know, it's just all these things you can do. Yet you've got jewels. I mean, <laughs> it's the Wild West game. <laughs> it's just insane. I mean, it's it's really sad. I'm glad someone's trying to make a stand with it, but in the end, it's going to be nothing. The worst part, though, is that they spent it was it was in development for like seven, eight years, Red Dead Two, and they've crafted this wonderful world. Oh yeah, and they've done nothing with it. Online, the single player, amazing. Yeah, but we're in the world it's... now where online is king, apparently. Although I wish it wasn't. And they had this all this that they could have used, and they've done nothing. Why couldn't they just split the resources at Rockstar? There's definitely an audience. I play a hell of a lot more Red Dead than I do GTA. Because yeah. when I play GTA, I only tend to go on it for about like half an hour with my brother. And we'll always be in a private session anyway. Because I just don't want to be around other people in their fighter jets blowing me up. <laughs> and all that crap. Mm, yeah. Whereas in Red Dead, I never get bothered by anyone. Yes, yeah, it's more relaxing, isn't it? You can, you can go into a saloon or somewhere and have a game of cards. Yeah. Um, and generally, if somebody like walks into like your camp and stuff, they'll be fairly respectful and be on the way. Sometimes you get followed, but I, th- I think I've only been griefed once, and that was in the early days. Because when that launched, there was absolutely nothing to do. Mm. That was this was before they had the roles <laughs> and all that. There was absolutely yeah. nothing. In no, the there's of plenty of grief in the in the Red Dead Online at the yeah. start of it. <laughs> but that's I only I only remember being griefed once. Everyone seems thoroughly pleasant in Red Dead Online. Mm. I just to see this is just sad for me. Because I used to, I used to like, every, you know, every morning I would go and do my, um, you know, tasks. Coins. Hmm? Coins. All about the coins. Well, gold bars. In the middle, of, so when all this like kicked off, this Red Dead, let's say Red Dead Online thing happened, I kind of it just made me think. It's just like, why do I do this? Why do I, why do I keep going on and doing these tasks when in the end I've got nothing to spend the gold bars on anyway, all the cash? Yeah, What's the point? I leveled already. Yeah. <laughs> gold guns, the horses. Yeah, but they just keep offering things that I've already got. It's like, oh, I'll get thirty percent off a revolver. A revolver. Anybody who plays Red Dead Online has got a revolver at this point. Even I've got a revolver. <laughs> it's just stupid, and they just offer absolutely nothing to fans of that game. It's pathetic I think, I, think the, I think the worst thing for me is it's more about the rockstar has never been very transparent on like communication is terrible on stuff that they've got planned for games and stuff like this gta thing just kind of came out of the blue as well they're up there yeah like, they, they never talk about oh we, we've got this such and such in you know in place we, we want to do this we've got this roadmap this is what we want to do this is what we want to hit it's just like just just communicate like if like the best example i could do of communication is probably epic with fortnite like they always communicate oh we've got this planned um and then whenever they do update there's always like you know at least like a page like oh this is what we've done in the update these are all the changes the bugs that we've done these are the fixes to the weapons or, or whatever rockstar is just kind of oh here's here's 20 percent off of a co-op yeah, like, that's what? pretty much it. Yeah. Like, just do something with it. This, there's so much opportunity you can do with the Wild West. Just doing like, even just making like a, just make like an outlaw role or something where like, you can have people chase other people down because that's the whole point of it. 
That'd be fun. That'd get interaction. I'm sure Mark would hate it because they get grief quite badly. But <laughs> well, only if it was like an opt-in sort of thing. Yeah. No, no. It's, it's the Wild West. Come on. One thing <laughs> I'd like coming for your camp in your horse. <laughs> I'd like him to bring in like a Domino's game or something. Just something as simple yeah. as that, so he can play Domino's. I mean, that's in the main dice. game. Give me live yeah, dice. dice. Get live dice. Only from the first game. Why? Why is the first game online have have had all this updates and stuff? And yet yeah. Domino's is in the main game. Why aren't you putting it online? It's there, ready to. <laughs> To go. Even the um the, the knife one. Yeah, uh, cool. five finger fillet, yeah. Yeah. It's just why is that not online? I just it's silly. Madness. Silly rock stuff. Unfortunately, yeah. I think the time period limits it in terms I know there's all this stuff you can do, but I think in comparison to GTA, I think that's what Well, well no, I'm just, I'm just waiting at. for the flying unicorn. <laughs> that's what I want, the infinite stamina I, I, I flying want, unicorn. I want the um I want them to bring the undead nightmare. How cool would that oh, be? Oh, that would be good, yeah. Oh, I, want, I want to ride my apocalypse horse that's <laughs> on fire. Come on. I, I know I know the setting is, obviously, that there's limitations to it. But it's only down like... to time, though, isn't it? I mean, there's still well, yeah, plenty the you can stuff. do. The I always think the more that you limit, the more that you actually can be creative with what you have. So they should be able to come up with stuff like, you know, the bank heists, train robberies, um... I don't know, bring in like a, a, a rebel faction of like, maybe like, you know, the FBI, they're going around just hunting players down, you got to like get away from them and stuff. There's, there's all sorts they could do with it. Prospecting, it, gold digging. Gold digging, yeah. yeah. Do some mining, get some Minecraft in there. Uh, <laughs> build your own house. There you go. Why, why can't we have our own like houses and stuff? Be able to build them. Yeah, you know, you have to materials and stuff. Yeah. How cool would that? Have your own farm. I feel Ranchy. so inadequate as Cal it Ranchy. is. Like, my little tent in comparison to Mark's <laughs> thing. He's, he's got like a ten million dollar mansion compared to. <laughs> but I've actually stopped doing my weekly task, uh, my daily task now. I just, I just can't be bothered. Because what happened is like you, you get to is it is it twenty eight days? I can't remember. Yeah, it's like uh, you do four weeks and then you and then it resets, isn't it? Yeah, no, it, it, it used to, it used to be where if you did four weeks, then you kept that yeah. four weeks. And incrementally, you your gold them. go up. Yeah. Yeah, but then and they now, were like, "Oh, the the economy is is bad. So we need to reset it." Like, what? What economy? We've not got anything to spend it on. That's what exactly. we're screwing it. Yeah. So, <laughs> I've, so I've reached. I've just reached the end of one of my twenty eight days. Right. So you get a treasure map, mm. and obviously you go pay out or whatever. And I've stopped now. It's just like, what's point? What is the point? You know, what? Okay. I've never done any of these treasure maps. I don't know what they give you. Just gold. Mm. a bit of cash that's it that's literally all that's in it oh, okay. and then it's just like oh I found the treasure what to spend it on <laughs> nothing <laughs> yeah so yeah that's hashtag save Red Dead Online <sighs> should we talk about Sony or should we talk about Microsoft talk about both okay so Microsoft announced they're discontinuing the production of the Xbox One. Oh no Hello. Although I have heard reports that apparently that had already happened anyway. I think uh, it was everything bar the Xbox One S. Right. That they discontinued, and now they've finally discontinued uh, that. So they can push forward with the series consoles, mm. which makes sense. Meanwhile, Sony have announced that they are ramping up production of the PS4. Yeah, didn't they say they were the making a PS5? Is it a million consoles that they're producing? 
I don't know. I, don't, I didn't. Oh no, but they're I didn't see the numbers. That's interesting logic. We don't have enough PS5, so we're going to make more PS4s. Well, it's so everyone well, gets the PlayStation, you know. A lot of the oh, games that, that they're bringing out are going to be cross-platform, so I can understand why. So that people can actually play those games. Okay, but I, I said it's probably like, you know, the, the, the chip shortage and all that, and that's the ones you need for the PS5, etc. But surely there's other components in that PS4 that could be utilised for the PS5 that you need. So you're still wasting resources in other areas. I think, think it's more the GPUs and CPUs that are only in the PS5 because the, the hard drive's different, the but motherboard's yeah, different. No, but the point is you're still wasting other components. Oh, yeah, but the, those components are not used for the PS5. Well, like the cases and all that. Lot. I mean, every, I mean everything in the console, not just... I mean, there'll be, there'll the be bits that's that, used. <laughs> there'll be bits they use. That's my point that I'm making. For example, like the Wi-Fi and stuff like that, but yeah. the main things that make that PS5, it wouldn't really move the needle. I don't know. It just seems like a waste of resources, in my view, of other things that could be used for other bits of the PS5. I'm not talking about the... I, I, I think CPU. I sort of see it from Mark's point. I feel like putting energy into still making more PS4s when I would have thought there would be enough of them out there already. Like, they've sold, what, over... Is it, is it like over 18, 19 million units of, that, of the PS4? It's one of the best-selling consoles. Um, so you think, you know, if people can't get a PS5, they probably actually already have a PS4. Like, who's who's still... It's just a way of logic, though. It's just like, what? So, what's 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 the what's the thought process behind this? So, we can't get a PS5. I think, so... I think, so. I think from from what I think, Sony kind of, I don't know if this was officially came out or, but, or maybe a spokesperson, but I think the idea is that, okay, you can't get PS5s. Get get new customers still coming in for a PS4, who then, if they get hooked, obviously to the PlayStation brand, then. In future, it will pay off to them eventually sticking with that brand sort of thing. Because I think, like I said, with, with Nathan as well, they're still making games multi-platform. So yeah, but that's know, only that's Ryzen... not going to be that's not going to keep going for a long time, though, is it? Eventually, not for a long time, stop. but for at least maybe this year, while it's, you know there's still shortages, you can still year. keep that. That's a oh, yeah. that's a that's a big gamble. It's a gamble. Increase production well, for one well, year. Well, you can't. Well, yeah, but let me, the, no, basically the point is that next year they still might not be able to get a PS5. And then they've got the PS4 stuff. Well, that's, yeah, but then the PS4. games have moved on. That's my point. Have they, though? Yeah, but the... Well, it depends how many they sell, whether whether it's worth it for them to make certain games backwards compatible. Because let's face it, on the PS4, if you're just buying a PS4 brand new, you've never used it before, you've got fantastic games like Ghost of Tsushima, you've got GTA V, that's a decent game. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn, um, God of War, um, just tons of fantastic that, games. That's that... true, but we're moving on now. Yeah, but that person's we've, we've not got moving to, on. We've got to if get to a position. We're, we're moving on. We've already got one. It doesn't matter to us. Yeah. We've played these games. We're ready. Yeah, to but move surely to the anybody who step. wants a PS4 now will probably have one. Maybe not. You, you'd think so, but. Maybe you're an 11-year-old turning 12 or 13 and your parents didn't want you to have a console to play these types of games before because you were too young, maybe. I could, I could say that for my for my cousins, uh, cousins for my nephews and niece. I think your know, brother's potentially bought a PS4 at some point. <laughs> I, I, I just find it a bit pointless, to be honest. 
I just think it's a really weird way to go about things. So Microsoft is discontinuing because maybe yeah. they get the idea that they need to put their all their resources into the Xbox Series. Well, for, for them, they have a Series S that is sold incredibly well, probably better than the Series X. Whereas PlayStation doesn't really have that. Like they have the digital edition, but I don't know how well that's sold. Plus, it's still using the same components as the yeah. disc one. It's just missing a disc drive. So for PlayStation, that's kind of difficult to kind of go down that route. Whereas for obviously for Microsoft, it's just yeah, if people want a Series S, and it's getting good good word of mouth. Do you know what I mean? It's it's well, selling you were well. You it went powerful last week. Well, last episode. Well, it's not powerful enough. Like, I don't I don't want one because because I, I want I want I want the power. You're the big the power. I'm the power. <laughs> yeah. Oh, on that, but for those for like you know a, a, a introduction console for kids, like we've just been talking, it's brilliant. Game a Switch. No, because they'll just want to do Fortnite. Yeah, but that's what happens Fortnite, on consoles anyway. Fortnite's not very good on Switch, so. Yeah, Fortnite's a bit terrible. Graphically, anyway, it's poor. <laughs> I just find it really odd. I well, actually see both your points of views. Yeah. Just... Well, carry on with a bit of PlayStation because they. They um, they had a short uh, presentation at the CES event. Mm-hmm. So PlayStation boss Jim Ryan said that they have 17 studios working on first-party titles. Quite a few of them. Yeah. Just a bit. Don't know if it's as much as Microsoft. <laughs> hey, with any luck with all these PS4s, they'll be backwards compatible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, also joined the, the CES, uh, CES I think, uh, Naughty Dog co-president Neil Druckmann confirmed that the uh, Naughty Dog is is working on multiple game projects while talking about the Uncharted movie and HBO's The Last of Us show. And Druckmann added, and we're dying to share with you the multiple game projects we have in the works at Naughty Dog. What do we think these are? A lot of well, people seem to think it's going to be factions, isn't it? Last of Us remake, mm. maybe a new Uncharted? But I don't, I, I don't know where they could go with it, because they kind of... It, well, they had the spin-off as well, didn't they? So it kind of feels like well, that, I suppose the, the Drake aspect yeah. feels like it's ended. That's it. They, they can do um, they can do a game based on the movie. We'll get Tom Holland in. <laughs> oh, he can sell his voices and then no, 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 no. He's, he's declared that he is Nathan Drake because he was sent a PS4 and a copy of Uncharted 4, so he's now Nathan Drake. All right. Hey, he's getting Let's a PS4. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> if it's good enough for Tom Holland, it's good enough for everybody else. Well, they couldn't send them a PS5, could they? They don't have any. Well, yeah. Anyway, so at this um this event, Jim Ryan also stated, we're also planning to introduce a new tournaments feature on PS5. Uh, originally announced in 2016 for PS4, PlayStation tournaments were a collaboration with esports organiser uh, ESL, allowing players to enter into competition format for certain games with the chance to win PlayStation prizes. Uh, the feature has expanded over time to include a wide variety of games competition formats. And while Ryan didn't offer any more information, it seems that some variation on the system will be making its way back to the PS5 during 2022. Back in July, Sony filed a patent for online tournament integration on PS5, which would allow the PlayStation Network to generate tournament brackets rather than requiring competitive functionality within the game itself. That could mean that more games are able to take advantage of tournaments, particularly competitive indie games that don't have such robust multiplayer functionality interesting that's cool because you, you can make tournaments then out of like single player games like oh who's the fastest to do yeah this level or something like that that would be pretty good 
We should join it if they ever do a pro club tour. Yeah. Might get a game then. <laughs> I doubt a, cu- it. a cup tournament <laughs> we can get games in. Uh, they announced one other thing there, didn't they? Mm, particularly one other thing. So, the follow-up to PSVR. Yeah, boy. Wonderfully renamed the PlayStation VR 2. I just love the imagination of PlayStation. They just keep it simple. PlayStation yep. 1, PlayStation well. 2. They didn't even call it the PSVR 2. They just they kept calling it the PlayStation VR 2. So yeah, that's what, we, not that's what we will keep come calling on. it. The PlayStation, PlayStation, PlayStation VR 2. 2. PlayStation 5, not PS5. Come on. <laughs> so, they released some specs for this. Oh, they announced it. So, it's got 2,000 by 2,040 pixels per eye. It's got an OLED screen. Uh, it's up to 120 hertz screen refresh rate. Mm-hmm. This is the bit I like, the tracking, inside-out tracking. So it's got four inbuilt cameras, so you won't have to have a stupid camera placed in front of your TV to record you. I, I'm that a little bit disappointed that it's, it's still gonna have, you're still going to have one wire connected to it. It's kind of hoping a little bit for like, like the Quest, maybe a little bit wireless. I think it'll be more manageable, though. Well, it's oh, going to use a Type-C connection, so that can just go into the front of your PS5, theoretically. On the back of it. Because remember, you had to go through that stupid box thing, didn't you? Well, it was like That's USB cool. and HDMI, <clears throat> excuse me, that you used on the original, so Silly this box. is miles better. So you've got like six cables to fart about with. With yeah. your little fancy box to plug into your back They're all numbered as well, so they make sure yeah. you know which one it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, you do have to be a technician to put that thing together, so I'm not surprised. But this one will have eye tracking. Not quite sure what that entails exactly. Anybody else so, know? Uh, from, from what I know of eye tracking, it's, it records essentially where you see on the screen. So where you're looking at on the screen, it kind of tracks and follows like where your eyes start looking and stuff they've got this kind of technology on pcs where they they so they demo it there but like say like you put goggles on or something oh no even goggles where you're looking on the screen it will highlight kind of where you're looking in circles so wherever you're looking it's like it tracks what's the purpose of that though i'm trying, I'm trying to work out what the actual usage of it is for is it sort of like if you're just like highlighting something so yeah so immediately I've, I've thought one thing that could happen so like say say like you're just playing a, a game something sparkles your eyes track to it if the game recognizes that you've it. tracked it then it will activate like an, an action or something like say like oh he's looked over there let's make a jump scare to his left put just pop up I don't know why I thought immediately no. of horror games. <laughs> no, yeah, I was just going to say, I do not like that. <laughs> like, I mean, it's like, yeah, that'd, that'd be kind of cool that, like, certain things activate where your eyes look at. So, like, say if you weren't looking at that thing, nothing's going to happen until you look at it and then it, it triggers the action. Uh, yeah, not going to make sense. Yeah. I, I could see it like that sort of thing. I thought it could be used for just focusing reasons. Just without having to go into that menu to refocus the headset, it would automatically do it because it's following where your eye is. Yeah, yeah, that might be. A could be that as well. Yeah, could be that. Uh, it will have a hundred and ten degree field of view. Yeah. We'll have a headphone jack. Uh, it will be corded. I think it's just one cable though. Yeah, this headphone is one cable. Yeah, just the Type C cable. But you. It, it, it will require the PS5, of course. Uh, the controllers are the Sense controllers, which you'll get two of them. They do look it's, good though. 
yeah, they, they do look quite funky. Like orbs. I, I, I was I was wondering because like that that's the current design that um, other VR headsets have got, they, where you hold them, they've got like this whole kind of circle thing going on. They, mm-hmm. Those look quite strange to me. <laughs> I'm sure they probably feel good to use. Oh yeah. What the, well, we won't know until we see it in action. Mm. So. Did they did they confirm the controls got got that the haptic feedback like the PS5 control? I think they did. Yeah, they confirmed it um, a few months ago in a different article that it was oh, going to have haptic feedback. They also said there was going to be some sort of sensor thing in the head as well, in the headset. So that's going to move or do something. Imagine you get a headshot in a game like and it's like. I I can imagine you'd probably be able to turn it off. I'm fairly sure you would be able to, because that might lead to you know um, nausea and things like that as well. So yeah, I'm sure they'll give the option to turn that off. So for some reason, I've gone back to like horror games again, like <laughs> stuff where like yeah, so breathing feeling here, yeah. Or, yeah. or something's like crawling on your head. I'd be like, oh, off, yeah. goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> but um, as part of all this, they announced a new game, right, didn't they? Oh, first new game for it, yeah. So. There's going to be a new game in the Horizon series called Horizon Call of the Mountain. The VR experience. Mm. Well, the VR game. And they had a very short snippet, didn't they? Where I think it's a new character. You're not playing as Aloy. No. And you're in a boat with a bloke. And then there's a tall neck just walking across a river, just nearly cracks you on the head as it mm. steps over you. And that's it. That's pretty much that's all the thing was. Well, Should that be it? It'll just be like a, a rowing simulator. Just, just go yeah, through the river. Says, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, looks interesting. I can imagine what that might look in VR. Looking up at the tall neck. Hmm. That would be pretty cool, actually. I did also hear that they were working on like a table tennis launch title. So maybe oh, that's what Rockstar is putting all the resources into. I'd actually yeah. love that if they, if they did announce that. But yeah, yeah, I'll get a PS VR just for that. Yeah, so they didn't bring anything out on price point, did they? But there is a lot of speculation on what yeah, that's going to be. I think this, uh, well, they said um, the original PSVR was around 400, wasn't it? And they're thinking that's probably roughly what this is going to be about. Yeah. It can't be, it can't be more than that, sure. People won't pay more than that for a console, so no. Well, we paid 450 for PS5. Well, all right, but it's, it's going to be a stretch just for a headset, isn't it? I paid a little more because I had Miles Morales that came with it as well. <laughs> Fair enough. I thought you were going to say because you did um, Scrounge. Scalper. Scal- oh, yeah. Scrounge. Oh, oh, I got, got yeah. Scalper. <laughs> paid 850 on eBay. Scalper, yeah. There we go. But that's all pretty much what they announced at the um, that event. So, short presentation, but quite a bit of info in there. Yeah. But we'll stick with Horizon. Because... It turns out an early build of Gorilla's games as Horizon Forbidden West has leaked onto the public domain, Ooh, according, to, according to Video Game Chronicle. Uh, so on Monday, uh, images of what was claimed to be the PS4 version in the PlayStation exclusive sequel began circulating on social media. VGC has been told that the leaked build is indeed illegitimate, and other than some missing art assets, contains the entire core content planned for the entire game. Following oh. the publication of images claimed to show the leaked Horizon Forbidden West build on Twitter, the media was eventually removed hours later due to our reports from the copyright holder, which adds further credence to their legitimacy. At the time of publishing, the Forbidden West build does not appear to be circulating on file sharing sites, though Sony will likely be wary of a situation similar to The Last of Us Part 2, 
we saw story spoilers circulate widely online well ahead of its official release date thanks to a similar build leak Horizon Forbidden West is not due to release officially until February the 18th so if you're eager to play that game I would advise you press that mute button online for certain keywords mm. just avoid I'm glad yeah, I've not no. seen anything of this yet and I, don't I don't think to. I don't think this is quite as bad as the last of us one. I don't no. think it's as, as wide. Well, I, I managed to avoid the last just of us because, one as just, well. So. Yeah, but just advise caution. Yeah, because you never know. <laughs> right, shall we? Well, swing this back round to GTA in a sort of uh, kind of link. Uh, there was news that we came out that um, their parent company, Take Two. Uh, I've announced their interest in wanting to acquire the the big mobile games uh, creator Zenga, um, which in a deal would look to cost about 12.7 billion, which would that make it the Bethesda one out of the world. Uh, quite easily, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've got it down that the Bethesda one off. did end up, it, according to Video Game Chronicles, it did end up at to about 8.1 billion dollars. Um, but yeah, that would that would easily blow out of the water. Um, but I mean, considering how popular Zenga's games are on their mobile platform, I mean, you got stuff like what was it, um, Farmville? I know that was big. Um, Words with Friends. Fun. All the games that chase money. All the games, yeah. Um, also, currently, obviously, they're developing the the Star Wars uh, arena game. I forgot what it's actually called now. Star Wars something. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they're. Uh, I think they're, they're essentially looking to bring their own IPs onto the mobile platform through Zenga. So we could start seeing stuff like GTA Online Mobile, maybe. <laughs> Another Just place to, to get to buy edge. more shark cards. Uh, but I can see stuff like, you know, maybe, you know, the 2K Sports series, I could see that. Maybe some other WWE could get looking into. Um, and then. I'm sure eventually there'll be some sort of Borderlands mobile game, but that'd be massive. It's it's gonna be I think it'll be the biggest kind of deal in sort of gaming industry. wise it's not a very exciting one though, is it? I don't Bethesda think I don't one, think I publicly it's not very exciting. No, for mobile fans it is. I can imagine because I can see uh, yeah, I can see getting access mobile. to all these IPs potentially. Plus, I think uh, I think at least with Zenga they do have a reputation of making solid mobile games. They make money. Uh, <laughs> That's the thing, isn't it? So, but in this, they might look to formulate like accompanying apps for the game. So, like GTA might have a phone app, or it might. Do you know the phone that you got in GTA? They might have like an app that is the phone on your phone, kind of thing. They already had one. To kind of immerse you more. Rockstar made one. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, I didn't, didn't even know. To be honest, they must have marketed that well. There's more. Well, well, I knew about it. Was the iPhone? <laughs> yeah, the iPhone. You could. Uh, you do stuff like I think you had the map on it. Um, you could order you could, cars on it. You could buy cars for it. I think you could put um like custom license plates when you yeah the license plates. Oh, uh, you did map. stuff with um is it Spike as well? Dot Chop Chop sorry yeah Chop the dog. Yeah, you, you do stuff with it. Chop as well. Um, it was just something similar with Red Dead Online. They've got their own app where you can go through the online buy catalog stuff. Yeah. Mm. Um. But they might be able to do more with it now they've got those in-house expertise. Yeah, they could do it for the 
the, the next gen GTA 5. Mm. Coming 2024, apparently, say analysts, but we'll see about that. 2024? What? Yeah. You're yeah. joking. What, the next GTA? Mm. Oh, GTA 6. Oh, I thought you meant. No. I was talking about the GTA. Mark, Mark 5. Was talking about next gen GTA <laughs> no. 5. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> no, they pushed yeah, that back a bit. Back. We're getting another two years of, of free millions. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which I've not taken advantage of at all, other than like two months. So, were you guys ever aware um, of the McDonald's DS trading program that they did? Nobody sounds excited. No. So I sent you a picture of it so you can see a couple of screenshots of what it was all about. So... It was called eSmart, and it was essentially a DS game that you put into a DS, and it took you through a series of training simulations to learn how to do the McDonald's job in Japan. Um, so as you can see on the screenshot, there's somebody trying to make hash browns. You can learn how to make Big Macs um, and a ton of other things, which is very, right. okay. very strange. But anyway, um, and it was kind of a myth at one point, and nobody could get their hands on the game. But um, a group called um, Forest of Illusion, and they're kind of Nintendo history pre- preservation people, they've managed to get their hands on it and they've ripped the ROM. Um, so if you wanted to, you could go onto their website and find a copy of it and download it, put it onto an R4 card, and then play the McDonald's simulation game. Like, this is honestly. When I first found out about this, I looked on eBay and I was trying to find it because I wanted it for the collection, obviously. But I was never able to get my hands on it. I've just sent you a picture of what the car itself looks like. Mm, I'm loving it. But yeah, it's now been uploaded. It's available. And if you did want to, you can go and find it and give it a go. My Japanese is not very good, so I may or may not have got a copy of it. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. All around yours for dinner, there. Yeah, Big backs for everyone. <laughs> right, so I think we found that uh, Nintendo uh, released a, a new 30 minute uh, gameplay uh, video for uh, the incoming Pokemon Legends Arceus that's coming out by the end of this month, I believe. Yeah, 28th of January uh, for that one. Yep, yeah. okay. Got on pre order, so. <laughs> Me too. Uh, so you as well, Mark. I haven't. No. Come on, Mark. So the video went through um, almost kind of like all the, maybe not all of them, but certainly most of the important kind of core mechanics of what Arcus is going to be all about. Um, so pretty much kind of going through what is what you're going to be doing in the game, um, how it's kind of different from any other Pokemon game that we've played since. Um, so a lot of stuff of being traversing the different regions of um, Hisui, I believe it is, um, which is a uh, the ancient region that's meant to represent um, an ancient version of Sinnoh, if I can get that right. So it's going through kind of how you traverse traverse those regions, um, kind of like on foot, um, being able to traverse the three different Pokemon through the different ways to travel so you can get um, I think a weird deer which you can, you can essentially travel by land you can also go up mountains and stuff which I think is what it's kind of meant to do um, you can get the 
the Basque Legion, I guess, the, the one where you can go around on the sea, so you can travel through that way, and mm-hmm. also the uh, historian version of Bravery, I think, is it? I don't think it's what it's called. Probably gone yeah. wrong, I'm sure. Uh, but that's also how you can sort of traverse through the air as well, being able to fly around with stuff, which is pretty cool. And then it went through sort of the mechanics and how you can catch Pokemon in this game now. So it's, it's, it's very different to a traditional Pokemon game where you don't actually have to battle Pokemon if you, if you don't want to. If you're sneaky um, enough, definitely. If you're sneaky enough, yes. So you can sneak into sort of grass. All Pokemon are shown in the... In the, in the, in the region and stuff this isn't like oh we'll find random pokemon in tall grass now it's pretty much wherever you see pretty much just like sword and everything's shield. in the overworld now yeah yeah so like sword and shield um so some and some pokemon have different um behaviors towards you so they're showing that a Bidoof didn't really care what you were doing basically um kind of sort of neutral towards you um and then you saw um starlies um didn't seem to like you that much and wanted to fly away i was kind of scared from you so you really had to kind of sneak up and, and throw your pokeballs at them if you wanted to catch them or you had certain things like um well, you oh, can throw berries at pokemon so they can go and eat the berries yeah you can also throw them they, as well to kind of at that stage they get preoccupied and then you can yeah. sneak around and try and catch them um, well this thing that's kind of like if you if you do a, a back strike with a with a pokeball it's you get a, a better chance of being able to catch it yeah um, and then you had certain Pokemon, I think it was a Luxio, who was very antagonistic towards you. So if you got kind of close to it, it would start attacking you. And it can st- Pokemon can start attacking the trainers in this one, which is quite interesting. Because if you get attacked enough, you end up doing like the, the blackout stage where you end up... Yeah, that, that was hand- fairly frightening, actually, knowing that a Pokemon can literally knock you out. <laughs> yeah, you can get murdered by uh, by Pokemon in this game. How fun. Because you can see stuff like Electrovite trying to absolutely destroy you with like a thunder punch or something yeah um and then you had like the garcomps using i think he was using the stone edge with the stones coming from the ground trying to murder you there yeah um it looked interesting so like if you if you also then anger one of these pokemon no matter what uh, how many times you try to try and catch a pokeball it'll deflect it so you can then you've got to then battle it so if you throw one of your pokeballs out that's got a pokemon in, you start doing the traditional turn-based Pokemon. Um, but I do like that the battles seem to be in the overall as well. It doesn't take you to like to like a, a stage that you would Yeah, it seems see. fairly fluid um, yeah. in going into that bit. And I like the, the variation of attacks as well. So I think we've spoken about this briefly before, that you've got like strong attacks and agile attacks. And you've got yeah. to kind of know when to use them. Because if you use a strong attack, then the Pokemon that you're against might use an agile attack and they can attack you a couple more times. So. Yeah, I think those explanations that if you use a strong one, it's a, a stronger variant of that move. Um, but if it doesn't obviously take the Pokemon out, then the Pokemon has a chance to have sort of two turns rather than the one turn. Mm-hmm. But same as well with Agile. If you use an Agile one, your weeks, your your move is a little weaker, but it does give you the option, uh, not the option, it should give you the chance to have a second move after that. So there's the, they've added a bit of strategy to the... Um, the balance system, which I really like. They, they've really, I, I wonder how how it'll be received in the, the overall kind of Pokemon community and how it changes up sort of the fine styles if you'll be able to battle other trains in this game. Because that's something that they've not spoke yeah. about yet. 
they mentioned trade. trading. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, so you can trade with others, um, but they haven't mentioned battling. So it would be interesting. Um, and then they've gone through sort of what the story is. So you're part, you're a part of the Galaxy Team's um, Survey Corps, um, or Corp, where the game essentially plays like a version of Monster Hunter, where a lot of it is about um, sort of building it. Well, the whole point is that you're building up the very first Pokedex. But to do that, you'll have different mission stuff. So it could be you battle a Pokemon and you get some information about it, but you won't get everything. So to do to get everything, you always do stuff like battle X amount, or you need to catch X amount of this Pokemon, mm. or you need to see X, you need to see this Pokemon do a certain move to be able to register in the Pokedex and stuff. So it really is very different. And you get like, star, I think you get like star ranks as well, the more you, you do stuff for that Pokemon, I think, which looks pretty cool. Yeah. One thing that I thought was interesting is that you've got like the main missions you can do, and then you've got side missions where you can speak mm. to the residents of Hisui, and they'll say to you, I think the example that they gave us was, can you go and catch a Shinx and show it to me? Uh, which I think was fairly that interesting. Was Shinx, yeah. And it kind of moves the game into being more of an RPG than ever before, because you've got that option if you want to do these missions to get yeah. these things. Because once you do a mission, I think um, our character, they got um, a couple of potions or something for doing that. So yeah. it's, do you want to put that time into do those extra tasks? Or do you want to just focus on the main mission? You've got that choice, which I don't think we've really had before in, a, in the other more linear Pokemon games. So I think that'll be interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it will. And then they were showing off as well, you've got like a crafting system as well. So you can you can gather materials in the in the, the regions, either by um, finding them on the ground, or you can use your Pokemon to essentially like mine crystals or mm. knock tree uh, knock trees in to get berries and stuff and then you can craft stuff like pokeballs and potions and all that kind of stuff um which looks pretty cool um definitely a lot it seems to have packed a lot into this game and i think at the moment the the reception to it seems to be far more positive than it was for sword and shield because it's just it's something completely different for pokemon that they've gone this kind of it's not quite like um, open world, but in set in certain regions, like like an old school monster hunter game. I think it'll, I think it'll do pretty well. I'm definitely really looking forward to it. So yeah, me too. To be honest, like I I thought because they were bringing this trailer out at a really strange time because it's only been out a, a few days. Why would they do this so late on in? before the game comes out, really. It's like a couple of weeks before it comes out, we'll give you this long trailer. Mm. It just seems strange, like, has it not done as well as we thought it's done? And they've had to do this to try and get people's attention. Um, maybe, yeah. I, I think that there was still a little confusion on what, what this game was all about. Because I think, obviously, when it was first revealed, everyone was like, oh, this is the open-world Pokemon game that I've always wanted. And then I think as we've kind of got along, it's gone less, this is open world, and more we have, you know, certain regions that are potentially locked away and will kind of become available the more you go through the game and stuff. And it's, it's def they've definitely gone less Breath of the Wild, more kind of monster on the route. But I can, I can certainly see why people have kind of attached the Breath of the Wild kind of moniker to it. Because like, oh, it's I think that's more of the... Yeah, it's more, I think it's more the art style that they're trying to compare. Mm. 
Yeah. But I really like the look of it. I I'm just can't wait until the 28th. Yeah, it should be good. I'm looking forward to it as well, just getting my teeth into a, a new type of Pokemon game. Mm. And if it does well, they might do different... Um, well, this is it. This, this could be the start of a new ones. kind of mainline title. Because it's the Pokemon Legends kind of series, Legend isn't it? So yeah. we've got Arceus, we might have Mew if we're going to be doing Kanto, um, and Mew, different other yeah. ones like Celebi for Johto, and yeah, all the other regions we've seen before, but in the past where yeah. you're actually exploring and building that Pokedex, which is something that's always really been a secondary thing to the main game, I think. Oh, yeah, that's it. Like, I, I do like that they're giving a, a, a focus on this is, like, the world's first Pokedex. This is how we've got to build it and stuff. So, no, I'm, I'm sure Mark's looking forward to it as well. Like you wouldn't believe. See? can see the excitement in his voice. You oh, can't yeah. wait to catch those Pikachus. Mm. Do you want a funny story? Yeah. yeah. I'll take a funny story. Okay. We're going to go to Sky News. I know that doesn't <laughs> I know that doesn't Hilarious. sound I know that doesn't, Yeah, exactly. Well that yeah. Badumtish. So this was uh, on the news the other day, and I, I'm just going to read this as is. Two police officers with the LA, uh, with the Los Angeles Police Department were fired for ignoring a robbery in progress to play Pokemon Go. According to release and release court documents, the men, Luis Lozano and Eric Mitchell, lost their appeal against multiple counts of misconduct, which had in part been based on a recording of them in the car. The digital in-car video system, or DICVS, uh, recording captured them, willfully abdicating their duty to assist a commanding officer's response to a robbery in progress and playing a Pokemon mobile phone game while on duty. According to the court documents published on Friday, the incident occurred on a busy Saturday in April 2017 when a call came in about a robbery with multiple suspects in progress at a Macy's department store. Instead of responding to the call, Lozano and Mitchell, who were commanding officers spotted in a police car, tucked back in an alley just feet away from the Macy's, started to back up down the alley away from the robbery. In an initial investigation, the officers claimed they could not hear the radio. But the commanding officer then reviewed the DICVS to find out what they would what they do on their average day. In reviewing the recording, it was discovered that they had heard the radio call and agreed to ignore the officer responding to it rather than assist them. Just minutes later, Lozano and Mitchell began talking about Pokemon Go. And for approximately the next 20 minutes, the DICVS captured the officers discussing Pokemon as they drove to different locations where the virtual creatures apparently appeared on their mobile phones. During this period, the men caught two rare Pokemon a Snorlax and a Togetic, is that right? Is that right? Togetic. Togetic, we'll go on. Although it is not clear whether the suspects in the robbery were apprehended by their colleagues. The DICVS recording recorded Mitchell exclaiming, got him, after catching the Snorlax, and then, <laughs> saying, and then saying, don't run away, don't run away, while Lozano described how he buried it and ultra-balled the Togetic Pokemon. The guys are going to be so jealous, he later said, before remarking, I got you a new Pokemon today, dude. The men's appeal against the termination of their employment was denied, and they were found to have lied about missing the radio call for the pro- for the robbery in progress. It is the latest example of the augmented reality game potentially distracting people from their real-world duties. Researchers have estimated that Pokemon Go has caused players has caused up to $7.3 billion in costs across the US in the 148 days after it was released. The study, titled Death by Pokemon Go, Blamed two deaths on the game and found that it caused an increase in car accidents. So, there you go. You can't Police. blame him. It was Snorlax. 
Um, <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I don't know the importance of a Snorlax, but like in April 2017, that were a pretty decent catch, to be fair. Because hmm. the game okay. had not even been out a year at that point. Do you know what else is a good catch? Robbers. Well, which they could they have were, They were saying don't get away, so they could be referring to the bases robbers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the the, the Pokemon on. can't run away, well, so no, they, they must have been referencing something else. I think they deserve another chance. Of course you do. Of course you do. <laughs> I just liked how they backed away. Yeah. <laughs> They're just slowly reversing down an alley, back alley. Like, I need, I need if, back if up. I was, if I was like, if I was like a pedestrian just seeing that, I'd be like, what are they doing? <laughs> what? Like, I would, I'd just be. It's like they were just hiding down an alley. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's the police is hiding, not the robbers. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Other news. E3. So the Inter- the Entertainment Software Association is shifting the Electronic Entertainment Expo to an online-only event out of concerns about around the pandemic. Due to the ongoing health risks surrounding COVID-19 and its potential impact on the safety of exhibitors and attendees, E3 will not be held in person in 2022, the EAC said in a statement to GameSpeed. We remain incredibly excited about the future of E3 and look forward to announcing more details soon. I'm not surprised with the whole Omicron thing. Yeah, it is very transmissible, so we can understand why they've come out this early and said, this is what we're going to be doing. Because I imagine a lot of people will be setting budgets now, all the different game companies, and they now know what they need to do to showcase for E3. Or what E3 is going to be this year. Physically, there's going to be a lot of planning beforehand, isn't there? To the floor space and that kind of thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, we know know about shows more than most, so... Mm. Boring shows, not gaming shows. So. But yeah, what's what's your thoughts on that then? At this stage, I wonder if E3 is ever going to come back. Yeah, this is, this, is probably, yeah well, this is yeah. probably going to be the turning point. Maybe. It's been three think, years. But we just think, do we need an in-person event? Well, let's be honest, a lot of people just aren't going to E3 anyway. PlayStation probably won't be there again. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody's really announced who's going yet, but... I doubt well, PlayStation's lot, going there. A lot of these companies got their own events, though, so they can showcase yeah. this whenever they want. So why would they pay money to E3 and have Jeff Keighley shouting this stuff out when they can just do it themselves with their own vision? Well, technically, he's not E3 anymore, though, is he? This is Summer Game Fest, which is not oh, yeah. actually E3, is it? So This is rival. He, yeah. he gets all the good stuff as well. He gets to show off all the, all the special stuff, and then the E3 you get... Just Dance 2022. <laughs> That's the stuff that we want. Just Dance. Yeah. Yeah. Ubisoft presentation, which is always the same. Mm. Yeah, as it's become a shell of its former self, hasn't it? And to be honest, mean it, at this point, <laughs> in the next year or two, I can probably see it ending. But E3 is problematic in itself, though, isn't it? It's because you always get things being announced way too much in advance because people feel like they need to show something. Yeah. Well, mm. all we have to see is Metroid. Four. We just got a picture, didn't we, a few years ago? Metroid Prime Four, yeah. Yeah, that one. That gets announced, and suddenly Metroid Dread comes out before it. Hmm. I mean, that's what I want, like to have a few months before the game comes out, not like to wait years for things. It hmm. just makes you lose the hype. And to be honest, with all the games that come out, I, I forget about a lot of these things if they're not put in front of me. So, yeah, I, I swear there must be games that have been that were announced like four years ago, 
which I got excited about when they announced it. And then I've completely forgot they exist. I don't mm. even know if they're still going ahead. That's the thing. So it's just like, you don't really get excited about E3 anymore, which is a shame because it should be a celebration, shouldn't it? Yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah. But no, I guess we're just going to get our own digital events in the future. Yeah. I mean, it don't make any difference to us because we, we never go to it. So we'll just get <laughs> to watch it like everybody else. Shall we finish off with a bit of a, a feel-good story? Yay! Happy news! Just, just yeah. to, just, just to combat to? the... No, all right then. All right. No, go on, NFTs. Go <laughs> no, okay. That is a feel-good story for Nate. All right, yeah. Make some feel-good mm-hmm. somewhere. Um, continue with that. Uh, right, so... Uh, this is all to do with... Um, sort of a, it's, well, it's linked to a, a mobile game. Uh, that was made in Russia, which I'm sure Mark loves his mobile games. Um, Not like it is so far, but go on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's it's all about um, sort of a, an employee there, um, basically. So I'll just I'll just go through it as I read the quote for quote words on uh, on uh, video game chronicles. Um, so I'll, I'll probably already butcher his his name, um, but uh, Andrei Krasov. Uh, who is uh, part of a company called Pixonic? So he's he's basically like an IT he had like an IT support role at the company. Um, but in November 2019, he ended up in uh, in a bit of a, a bit of a crash on holiday um, when when a lorry went into the tourist bus. Uh, I know the, I said it was feel good. Yeah, but, like, I'm waiting for the feel good. We'll get to the feel good. Where's the redemption arc? Come on. Where's the redemption? <laughs> So unfortunately, he lost an arm crash as well as a finger on his other hand and an ear. Despite all of that, he apparently returned to work only four months later, um, and was asked by by the company if he if he wanted to appear in this in this game that they made, the mobile game is called War Robots. So apparently, like he's, he's like he came out and he said like ever since he was a kid, he's always dreamt of being like a character in a video game. So this was like pretty cool to him. And stuff so like they, they came up with like a backstory for him in this game and um, a lot of it was just kind of actually like the company saying like how he was like a really cool guy and like all the stuff that he's been through to still keep like a positive attitude and, and all this stuff like they, they're really inspiring to him and stuff um so his character was added in the game in summer of 2021 but behind the scenes without him kind of knowing the uh the i suppose the the money that they would receive, because it was it was made as a DLC character, so it was it was, it was for microtransactions stuff. But all the microtransactions that they would receive for it would go towards buying him a prosthetic arm, yeah, um, which he didn't he didn't know about. And when they when they got enough uh, enough of it or, you know, to be able to to buy it, um, they told him what they were doing with it. Um, and then they also told like all the fans as well, like uh, basically all the fans that bought into it got a message saying that all these proceedings would go towards paying for it. But he didn't know about it until he ended up buying it for him. And uh, and he was ecstatic over it. Like they they updated his character model um, in it as well to because they they made like a they made like a drawing of him with like a prosthetic arm. But then once he got his real one, they like updated the. Um, the character model to have like his actual one in the game and stuff. And it's just it's just like how cool this is for like a company to be able to do that for him, for him to go through 
obviously something incredibly tragic and for him to still kind of keep positive mindset going through obviously there'd be a lot of struggles with his life changing and stuff but for then to kind of do this for him and now like um he goes through saying that he can, he can he feels like he he has his life back and stuff and then he, like he goes to the gym now and like he does cry and stuff and he can still play games um how he used to well not quite but close to the way he could um i just saw a story and i thought that's just such a such a nice thing for a company to do it's really nice but i think what happened is they saw the productivity drop with his one arm and they thought right we don't want to pay for the prosthetic we'll get the gamers to pay for the prosthetic so that he can do the work at the same level that he did before wow and that's the mindset of a manager <laughs> uh i guess that's one point of view you, you had to bring this down this blue story here. you hateful <laughs> human being i'm sorry <laughs> I'm just a pessimist at heart. <laughs> no, it is really nice though that they've that they've done this for him and that he feels he's got most of his life back and that he's doing all these things as well, mm. like karate and, and gaming still, and they still got the love for it. Yeah. No, it was just really nice when I read about it. I was like, need need more of these, need more of these like feel good stories nowadays. The world yes. is a bit of a dark place at the moment. Yes, it's it's nice to see something where somebody's earning quite a bit of money and then doing something nice with it, which you don't hear very often in the gaming sense. Yeah. Lovely. Shall we move on to what we're currently playing? Yeah. Go on. Shall I I start? Go on then, Mark. Right. Now, I've spent most of my time playing the one game, but I'm not actually going to talk about that now because... We're going to be talking about that in a bit more in-depth on the next episode. But I managed to jump on a, a couple of other things. So first, firstly, me and my brother managed to finish We Were Here, which I spoke to talk about on the oh, last good. episode. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think the second half of that game is easier than the first half, I found. I don't know, I don't know how you found that, Matt. No. Yeah, I, th- I think it's more one, one, once you find the rhythm of, like, oh, there's always something in the room that's going to help... The other person. I think once you start in to get that room, I think you start, it starts getting a lot easier. Yeah. The ending's a bit bleak, but... <laughs> I won't yeah, that. It's, it's, a bit, it's a bit depressing. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's quite, very sh- a lot shorter than I thought it was going to be, but it, I guess that, that's it. Uh, but we'll probably go and play the second one. We were here too. Double mm-hmm. O. Uh, next time. But when we'll get through to that, I don't know, because we're currently going through Far Cry 6. Which is going to take forever. Because that's massive. Uh, But something else I played. I went on a little game called Kill It With Fire. At the beginning of the game. At the beginning of the game. It says, it gives you a warning. And it says, warning, do not try this at home. Now, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll just explain the, the first level. So you start off in this level. And the level is called First Contact. And you start in the hallway of a house and you can hear this like squeaky sound, this weird sound coming from some furniture nearby. OK. And the game tells you to pick up a vase and examine it. So you do that and then it's fine. You put it down. And then suddenly at this point, the game starts playing this quite high pitched music, like like a heartbeat sound and some like violin, like, like music you'd hear in like a, a serial killer film. 
Okay. So, I open a drawer, and a spider jumps out. Oh, no. Oh, and then, not for and you, then runs under no. the door. And then I have to go into the next room, and it is your job to hunt for this spider and to kill it. So, I can see this is going to be a game you completely love, Matt. Yeah, no, sure. Mm. Stream it, Matt. Stream it. So you can hear this squeak sound. I, I, I didn't know spiders make squeaky noises, but in-game they do. I guess it's just to help you identify where they are. So you have to look around, trying to follow light. And I opened the bottom drawer, and there it was, sitting there. So I gave it a quick swipe with my clipboard, because you carry a clipboard around with you. And the okay. idea is that you've just got to kill all the spiders you find. And I thought, oh, thank God for that. I've killed it now. Squeak, 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 squeak. And there's just more of them in the room. So I came out. Uh, so actually, one came out of nowhere and just ran past my feet, making this silly sound. So I had to chase it around the room, trying to swipe it with this chuffing thing. And you pick up what's known as a, well, it's just called a spider tracker. So it's like a, you know, like the what Egon has in Ghostbusters, his tracker for the ghost thing. It's a bit like okay. that. Like, this is following spiders. All so, right. Yeah. So you use that to find this spiders. The whole idea is just to inspect things. Find a spider and kill them. And you, you pick up items and you rotate them. And as you rotate it, you'll just see a spider on the back of it. Which is a very unpleasant thing when it happens. You don't say. And every time a spider reveals itself, that's when this music will come in. Which just <laughs> adds to the drama. And so I went into the bathroom. Oh, God. And I was told to pick up a can of hairspray. So now we get the classic firefighting weapon. The hairspray yeah. and the lighter. So, so I turn around and a spider jumps out of a pile of bog roll. So I'm there just like <laughs> flaming the entire Sen- room. Entire <laughs> room. And what happens is that the spider gets set alight and he just runs around the room, whilst <gasps> it's on fire. <laughs> okay. Just setting everything's on fire. Yeah. And then I lifted the toilet lid up and there's just a spider on the bottom of it. So there's a <laughs> die. In each level, you do like a certain, a certain objectives you have to do. And if you do a certain amount of objectives, you unlock other items. And I unlocked a revolver. <laughs> <laughs> a bit much, don't you think? This is strange. Yeah. So you just run around the house basically blasting a revolver at a tiny little spider about that big. And it's just, yeah, it's crazy. So I managed to do that first level. And then second level, went to a new house. But in here, you kill the spider, and it spawns like like four little spiderlings once you've killed it. Okay. So you kill this one spider, and then little tiny ones come out of it. I'm like, oh, great. That's just what I wanted. I managed to unlock a few other things. So I realized that spiders like cheesy puffs, apparently. So you, you pick up packets of cheesy puffs, and you lay about, and then that lures the spider out. Okay. So then you can kill it. So I don't know if that's a real thing. I don't know if spiders really like cheesy puffs, but here they do. And I finished that level. Just, I didn't use these, but I picked them up before I finished the level. I picked up a shotgun. Oh, perfect. And some C4. So <laughs> that's my next step in that game. So, just blowing up the house. You don't have to look for a minute. Just, just blow up the house. <laughs> yeah. So I've only done two levels on that. It's it's a bit nervy, but I do like it. It's It's actually quite comedic really but when that music kicks in it's like oh so i don't know how you'd get along with it matt probably not very well <laughs> it might help you get over your, your fears maybe i don't know i'm just waiting well apparently the next level has jumping spiders 
So Oh no. Oh good. Oh, and uh like camouflage ones. So like kind of see through. We'll see how that goes. But that's how far I've got on it. So but I'm looking forward to using the C four one, that's for sure. I, at this point I just like see if we plant the flame pro just yeah. burn the house down. <laughs> yeah. I'll probably just blow the house up and that's it, you know, be done with it. I'm gonna have to worry then will. But that's that's all oh, that's what I've been playing. That jolly good fun game of killing spiders. Uh, Nathan, what have you been playing? Yeah, so I have been playing a few games. So the first one is a game that I got for Christmas um, called Back for Blood. So this was touted as the spiritual successor to Left 4 Dead um, because it used five of the same developers um, that worked on that game series. So I was really looking forward to it because I really enjoy Left 4 Dead, like being in a group, um, mowing through zombies, um, and just having a really good time killing things, really. Um, thoughts so far? It, it's all right. It's it's not the complete. Ooh, it's all right. Yeah, it's not the complete Left 4 Dead experience that I wanted. It's not as wacky as Left 4 Dead, um, which I don't really like. Um, but it's got some of the mechanics there. So you're together in a group, and you've got to basically clear out buildings and areas with zombies. There's loads of different weapons you can use. There's loads of different zombie variants you can use as there's loads of different zombie variants as well. So you've got the big massive ones. You've got ones with big bulbous arms that just absolutely smash you. Um, You've got different members to your group. So you've got some people that are fairly agile. Some are kind of big bruisers with massive guns that'll just like kind of mow a load, excuse me, mow a load of zombies down. You've got people that heal. So you've got kind of a good balance there. And your group will tend to look out for each other. Um, I've only played it offline so far. That's one of the things that put me off a bit because I thought there was no offline version for you to kind of cut your teeth on and, and play a bit to get the mechanics of the game. But there is like an offline story mode to it that I'm playing through at the minute. It's it's quite good. It's it's fun, but it's just not everything I wanted it to be. Maybe I just hyped it up a little bit too much in my own head. What did you want it to be? Just a bit more wacky than it is. Everything's just kind of too serious. I know it's the zombie apocalypse, but can we just make it fun? Like uh, like Dead Rising, for example. They made it fun. You could go and craft a lawnmower that can just mow down a ton of of zombies. Just stuff like that. Maybe I'll I'll get there. Maybe there'll be more fun things, but it just seems a bit too... How long are you putting to it? Um, Two hours so far. So it's past the hour test. So there's that. It must be good enough to do that. But yeah, to be honest, I've not played online yet. So maybe that'll be my next thing. If I can get like a group of people together and we can communicate well and and play well, then maybe that'll bring me in a bit more to it. But so far, it's just a bit meh. The original have a story mode or anything? Because I never played it. Mm. Um, I've only, to be honest, I've only ever played Left 4 Dead 2, and that kind of starts you off in like a hotel, and there's a, like a bit of backstory in each of the characters, and you've basically got to try and escape. So that's there's there's not too much of a story element to it, but it, I think it was more of a, more of the gameplay, um, and the like the interaction between the characters, like the funny jokes and yeah. the different ways you can kill the zombies and stuff like that. But maybe that was just a product of its time that I enjoyed a bit more. Mm. Mm, maybe. But yeah, it's okay if you want if you want to go onto a game and just mow a load of zombies down with guns and stuff. It's you can get something out of it. But so far, it's 
I'd probably say five out of ten. Average. Yeah, average. Yeah, just nothing to sing about. The next game that I played a bit of is... I seem to talk about this most weeks now. I've totally forgotten what it's called. <laughs> What's in it? What do you do? Describe it to us. It's Fall Guys. Oh, That's how I can describe it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just totally forgot it. You're full. Yeah. Blanked, so. yeah. Anyway, I just want to tell you about this experience that I had. But yeah, I was playing Bean Simulator. And basically, I'd got myself to like the final round and it was like a race. And I was doing fairly well. I was like second or third. And it was on one of them races where you go onto the platform, but it's got like a revolving thing. So you got to jump over it. And if you got out at once, you, that was it. You were done. And basically at the pivotal moment, my TV decides to come up with a message saying your television will turn off in 60 seconds. At that point, I was scrambling for the remote to try and turn that off. And in the meantime, the rotating arm knocks me off of the ledge and I was absolutely livid. Like, all the other times you could have done this, you choose this one time that I actually get to the last bit, because I'm not very good at fall, guys. And it kills me. And now the TV's got a remote sticking out of it. I'll yeah. Throw it in. I like to call it the, <laughs> cust- the custom remote holder. That's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. Can't use the TV anymore, but by the can't, by. Can't you turn that stuff off, the automatic thing? I thought you could, but I've not found a way so far. I know Matt's had that issue sometimes. I don't know if he managed to source it in the end, but yeah. Uh, anyway. Did, oh, cool. The next game that I played is a PS Vita game that is a PlayStation exclusive called Smart As. Not Smart As. As. Smart As. Okay. It's basically brain training for the playstation vita so in this game you do like a daily challenge where it measures how good your brain is basically so it measures in like four different um sectors of the brain so you do like maths puzzles so like kind of putting like two numbers together to make the number that it shows you um and then just solving general maths puzzles for example like if um two plus question mark equals four. You've got to put a two in there, for example, to kind of make the equation. Um, you've got like word puzzles as well. So you've got to like fill in the missing letter in the word, uh, make words using a series of letters. And there's observation puzzles where you'll be shown a series of images. And then at the very end, you'll, be, you'll have to pick out the images that they showed you, kind of a memory thing there. And then there's logic puzzles. So you would put like colored things together without crossing over certain lines. It, it felt to me a, a bit like is it don't stop talking and nobody explodes or something. Yeah. Yeah, the, it the felt, yeah. yeah, it felt a yeah. little bit like that in terms of the logic games. So there's like a kind of a decent variation there. And I'm just enjoying doing my, my daily challenges on it and seeing what percentage I can get from my brain. So far, I can't get any higher than 65%, which probably says more about me than anything else. It's above average. Um, yeah. yeah, we'll say that. Um, Lisa tried it and she got 60, 69%, so I've got to try and beat that. Nice. So, nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it's a, it's a fun fun puzzle game. It gets the uh, grey matter going, so yeah, that's good. And the game that I've been spending the most time on recently is Forza Horizon 5. 
I've just been having hey. such a blast with this, just collecting cars. Now, I've been doing the stupid thing on this game, and I've been just buying cars from the showroom at, like, top dollar price um, without taking advantage of the auction house, which Ooh, I wish yeah. I'd done a lot earlier because you can get cars for a tenth of the price. So I've been doing that. I've been applying loads of... Um, I don't know whether they liveries or liveries. The, I always um, say I say liveries. I think it's liveries. Yeah. Say. Whether that's right, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Well, go for I, liveries. I just, I just think it sounds better. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Liveries. Um, so I've been applying a load of them to my cars as well, which has been absolutely hilarious. The stuff that people can come up with is amazing. I've not found the King John um one. Yeah. yeah, that's but, what I've got to find, isn't it? But I've, I've done a load been of... banned for... 8,000 <laughs> years. Um... But I have got a load of other really cool ones. So I've got I'll I'll put I'll tell you about my most controversial one first. So I've got I've got a van and I downloaded a um a livery that says free candy. So I've just got this black type van with free candy on the side. Oh dear. Oh dear. Uh, no, it, it gets better. Of course, it gets of course. Better. I've got it's enough rope. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I've got an off-roader um, that's like got a load of Pokemon stuff on. That's pretty cool. I've got a Kinder Bueno uh, car that I just razz around in. Um, I've got a Red Bull one, a Monster one. Um, oh, what's I've got the Mystery Machine. That's a pretty cool one. Yeah, I've got, I've got yeah. the four, but yeah. Yeah. Some of the ones, yeah. They are good. Um, one cool one is I've got a Lamborghini Merchilago with like an Akatsuki cloak thing over it. Um, Matt will know what that is. So it's like a black um, with like red clouds on it, which is pretty cool. Any yeah. Naruto fan out there, including Mark, should know that. Yeah, come on, Mark. You're but anime. <laughs> sure. But um, yeah, I've just been playing through it, do, doing races. Um, like I've... I've got fairly decent cars now, so I've been doing it. I did like a drag race the other day, and I just blasted past everyone. It was absolutely amazing. Just loved it. Um, my favourite type of game on this is the cross-country stuff that you can do. So I just love like driving through Mexico and just experiencing it. It feels like them adverts, if you can remember, in like the early to mid-2010s, like Visit Iceland and stuff like that. That's what it feels like, them just showcasing this country to you. And it looks absolutely amazing, just... The colour, the colourful and like all the different areas and the vibe that you get from it is just amazing to go through because you can, on one of the cross country events, you can like go through the ruins and stuff from the Aztecs, which is really cool. And you've got to like stop your car and set up certain satellites and take pictures of certain things. So you've got to kind of explore it a bit more, which is nice. So you can just sit back and take your time. But yeah, I've just been enjoying it so much like every single morning this week i've just got up and i've been right let's get on forza for a bit and then i blink and then three hours has gone by you're late for work and it's just like <laughs> well i were off i were off this week because because of my birthday so but yeah i won't be able to do that next week sadly i got well you had a whole week off for your birthday i know we're going off yeah. i know we're divulging here but <laughs> yeah my 30th big event oh i see, I see. so but yeah, um, yeah, that's just 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 to go back to the uh, the auction house bit. Hmm. When I was doing that on Forza Four, I swear some people had like bots or something on that. Or just sniping all the deals yeah. and stuff. 
Because I'm sure it's like, I, I've definitely put a bid in for that last minute. It's been accepted, and then suddenly it's saying, oh, you've been outbid. Yeah. And then there's still time. It's You know, because it tells you, gives you a timer, doesn't it? About yeah. When the auction finishes. And it says, like, uh, you'll finish it any minute or something. Like, I can't quite remember what the word says. But there's still time to bid. Yeah, it says, like, finishing shortly or something yeah, like that. It. Yeah, yeah. And then, but then putting another bid in, and it says, no, you can't bid. You can't bid. Yeah, man does that. So bid fails. And what you have to do is yeah. come out of the um, auction itself and go back in because somebody else in between the high bidder has put another bid in and it kind of crashes it. So you've got to come out totally, then go back in and hope that the auction's not ended. Um, and one like critique... Yeah. And one critique I would put against it is you know, the credits that you use to buy these cars. You've got to go back in and retrieve them again if you fail yeah. the bidding process. Yeah. I thought they'd automatically just come back to you because yeah. I've never really used... Yeah. I don't, yeah, it didn't make any sense. It's like when you put a... If you auction a car, you have to reclaim your own car back if, yeah. if nobody buys it. It's like, just give me my car back mm. at the end of the bid. One thing... That. One thing I've started doing is like gifting cars to people because I'll forget what I do have and I'll, I've got duplicates. So I've just started doing that for like newcomers onto the game. I like gift a car and people can go and find it. How did you do that? Then? I didn't know you could gift a car. So, do you know, you can find these. Because um... I was trying to I was trying to sell a duplicate car. Yeah. But nobody was buying it. Mm. So if I could give it away, I don't mind. So do you know these garages that you can find where people find like damage you find damaged vehicles so you go into this yeah, rough area yeah the barns if you go back to those barns what you can do is put a car in there for people oh, right. to, to find is that on four as well or is that just five i've only noticed on five. Oh, you've just reminded me of one thing you asked about the classical radio station that yes. is on there so you will be happy yes <laughs> that's it i'm sold now yeah even though yeah, I've installed it. <laughs> oh, it's already installed, though. Oh, yeah. perfect. It's ready to go. But yeah, just been having an absolute blast on that. And you, you need to oh. get it, Matt. Can you get it on yeah. PC? Yeah, I think it, you can get it Probably. on PC. Probably. Probably. That, I think that's the sort of game that just to razz about, do some races. I think mm. that'd be quite good. Big boy. Mm. <laughs> he doesn't care. <laughs> Fair enough. Don't care about Forza Horizon. Yeah. Funnily enough, like I have gone back and I've recently purchased all the other Forza Horizon games. I'm just waiting to get the original one um, delivered because I want to go back and start the entire. I was having a look. Is, thing. It, is it one of them's in Australia, isn't it? Is it three? I think so. Yeah. So I was thinking of looking at that, but I, c- I couldn't find it listed anywhere because I don't think you can buy it digitally, can you? I don't think so. No. I think it was pulled down for rights issues. I think. Yeah. Like that. I've got the well, I bought the physical version, so I, you can get. I thought you might. Thought you yeah, might. you can get Forza Horizon two and three on the Xbox One, but the original Forza Horizon is only on the 360. Right. It's one of the reasons why I purchased a hard drive for my Xbox because I just got the four gigabyte version. Well, what I thought was a hard drive, it was. I ended up just buying a hard drive case instead. Oh. <laughs> so, okay. so what I've decided to do is cannibalise my old broken PS3 and pull the hard drive out. That's put into the um, Xbox 360, so I'll get that done at some point. But yeah, that's what I've been playing. What about you, Matt? Me, haven't really been playing anything new. Um, so kind of continuation of two games and one game that I've gone back to 
since you mentioned that actually two weeks ago. Um, don't know if, we, if it was mentioned on the podcast or not. I think it might have been outside of it uh, when we were talking about it. But just thought I'd go back to it because I got the I got the itch again. So the two games that I've continued continued to continue playing has been um, Yakuza Zero. So still going through that, going through the adventures of Kiryu and um, Majima. I've gotten to chapter ten uh, of the game, so I think that's the. This, so I've noticed that like it, it seems as though both characters kind of get like two chapters each, and then they kind of swap over. So it's kind of like the first two are with Kiryu um, in I've forgotten the area that it's called um, somewhere somewhere in Japan and then the next two will be with Majiba and like his story in a, a different area of Japan <laughs> um, although I think they're actually quite close together I'm assuming kind of sort of how the story seems to be going to um, but no going to chapter 10 and um, I've been using this chapter pretty much to start doing a lot of the side stuff that you can do so I've really been going on the the real estate royale, I think they call it, doing mm. the real estate stuff. So um, facing off against the, the five billionaires. Um, I've already defeated the first one, who I think is called the Leisure King. And yes, then, like, yeah. yeah, and then the other other four kind of introduced themselves after that, um, which colourful characters, I'll, I'll say that. Uh, very yeah, cool. Yeah, oh, yeah, they are. Uh, I, think, I, think, I think you also like, I think you got like the Media King, uh, electronics one, yeah, two of us as well. Yeah, I can't quite remember them all, they're, but they, they all essentially kind of made themselves as known and stuff. And when you think you, you've earned quite a lot of money from like the first area, once like the other, I suppose, three areas first opened up, then you kind of realize, wow, I've, I've made nothing compared to these areas. <laughs> so you really got to like add a lot, uh, really got to dedicate yourself to getting a lot of money and then sort of buying because you assign people to look after their areas don't you yeah so so you've kind of got so you've got uh you've got advisors who used to um upgrade the areas this is probably you should probably do some of the other side missions you you can earn other people yeah so through through some of the uh the side stories you can you can gain sort of um additional advisors and managers and then security like each one's have their own different levels and stuff so um yeah and some are better in certain yeah. aspects than others aren't they yeah, yeah so i think it's, it's mainly sort of the advisors where like some, some of them are better at um upgrading certain types of buildings compared to others and, and whatnot um and then you've got like the the managers who help um add like certain percentages to the the like economy that you can gain or they can reduce it as well and then you've just got the security guys as well. So like the higher star rate of the security, the the better secured the areas, and the less that you'll you'll find that um, you get interrupted by like the the billionaire that owns that area that starts like a like a, a fight basically. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So just going through that, trying to get as much money as I can, um, and then also doing the other stuff like the pocket racing's always fun. Ah, it's um, really fun that. I love the pocket race. Apart from when you get it wrong, you just see your car fly. Yeah, when you get it wrong, then it flies off. Um, so there's that kind of stuff. Um, the the ban in this is uh, I'm finding it actually quite difficult to time when the when the when you meant to hit the ball. I'm actually oh, finding that quite oh, difficult. The, the batting thing. Yeah. Right. 
Um, um, I don't know why. I, I thought it was kind of easy in um, in Kwame. So I don't, I don't know if they, maybe there was some sort of criticism on on the difficulty of it in in Zero, and they they made it better. Um, I don't know. Uh, I do like the balling. I think uh, I seem to pretty get the balling. I, I seem to really get kind of strikes in that. Um, Not the one with the chicky. Was it Turkey? I think it's uh, might be Turkey. I think. Well, if you get three strikes in a row. No, but an actual turkey. No, you you, you end up playing against like a, a guy dressed in a turkey, I think. Um, what is that chicken? It's, it's one of them, turkey chicken. Been enjoying those. The disco, I actually didn't find too bad. I remember you mentioned you really didn't like the disco stuff. Uh, it can get difficult. There's a side mission where you have to go against like some really tough people. Ah, right. I don't I don't know if you've got to that point yet, but no, not yet. No, I went into it, it at one hard. point and did. Um, it's good fun. I've done, I've done <laughs> some of the some of like the easy ones. I've done like the easy, yeah, yeah, easy bit. And that's introduced me to that. I was like, okay, that's not too bad. Um, and some some of the other stuff as well. Uh, some of the side missions are like absolute bonkers. Like the I don't know if you've done one where there's like a, a fortune teller that you have to like protect. Um, from from this guy who's supposedly she's kind of ripped off, and then you kind of beat him up. Um, he goes away, and then she tells like your future for free. But it's stuff like she actually tells you stuff that happens in like obviously future games because it's like a prequel. Mm. Yeah. So like tells you stuff like oh you uh you're you're gonna be a taxi driver for someone. I didn't know where that one came from. I think that might be from a, a used Cuser game that I've not played yet because I've only played like the first and zero but the other ones was like um what was that like you're, you're gonna get into like a, a quarrel with a with a, a best friend in, in, in the future and be like a fight to the death or something I was like oh that's referencing that thing that happens in that game they're all not spoiled just yet and then there's like another one as well that that seems to come from the first game as well I thought it was quite funny <laughs> um I was doing that but no, just just getting just getting through the game, still enjoying it a lot. Um, I think I think if there's one criticism that I've of the game though is that I think I don't like how the abilities in this game are unlocked through gaining money. I think that's just a little bit frustrate a little bit frustrating when I've, I've come so playing Kwame first, where that was tied to sort of XP, so the more fights you were in, the more XP you got, and you use that. Whereas the money was kind of separate. You didn't build as much money, but I think they explained in Zero that there's like a current like economic boom going on in Japan. So that's why you can get a lot of money in that game. Maybe that's why the abilities are tied to money in that one. But when you want to use the money for other stuff, like some of the pocket race stuff, some of the, yeah, some of the parts stuff that you have to, yeah, some of the parts you have to get late on, are really expensive. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, I, I think there was like one chapter on the game where I just mainly spent it just doing the business stuff, just to accumulate as much money as I possibly could. So it's sort this of like is what a, I'm doing, yeah. It's like this is the chapter where I'm just going to build up my character. Yeah, it's pretty much what I'm doing. It's like I'm going to get as, as much money as I can, get get some of these abilities, up, you know, unlocked and stuff, upgraded and all that kind of stuff. Um, I did. I did finally beat the shakedown guy for the first time. I was, I was very yeah, pleased. He's that just finally beat him. And then I came across the second one, and it kicked my behind and stole about a hundred million yen from me. 
I was like, oh dear. damn it. Uh, that was good. I think I got a bit cocky. I was like, oh, I could take the second one. Not really. The second one's going to be a little bit more difficult. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to have to prepare for him next time when I see him. I do like where you can catch them asleep in certain places. So you can like siphon money off them every now and then when they like, they get loaded to almost wake up. You stop and then they go back to sleep. It's like, yeah, just keep on taking my money back. Thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you just stay asleep, please. <laughs> So that was good. Um, but no, really enjoying. Um, I think I'm, once I do eventually finish this, I think I'll move on to Kwame 2 and get that get that done. So there's that. Uh, second game that I've been going through a little bit as well, uh, continuing, is Sea of Thieves. Um, so really enjoying this. Finally got, um, I don't know if I mentioned the last podcast, but finally got um, another friend to play. So now there's three of us. Um, so we're going around in a, in a, a brigade. Uh, just looting places uh, and being pirates. Two two stories that I'll tell from this because it's it's not interesting really telling you how the game plays other than just kind of go through stories and what happens. Um, so one night that we were playing, it was about half ten. We were like, what we'd like finish the voyage and we're like, oh, what we were doing now? And um, one of our friends was like, oh, why don't we go to the island that's got like this like you'll see like a, a skull cloud in the air that's like it's like an event's happening there or something so this one was like glowing with like red eyes and stuff like oh go go there we'll see what we can do so we went there and on this island we ended up doing what what was called like a raid so it was essentially like a survival wave thing where we just fought waves of um skeletons one after the other, each wave being harder than the next. And we went from like half ten, starting it, to finishing it at about midnight. It took us like an hour and a half on this one island to just go through all these waves. Because they they get increasingly difficult and then you start getting these like like the captain captain skeletons, which are a little bit more difficult again. Defeat them and then you start getting some more of the like rarer ones that kind of do certain moves and stuff that are just like bullet sword sponges and it took forever like we died a lot of times just getting through this and when we completed it we finally unlocked like the vault that was on this island and there was loads of treasure we were like it took us a good like maybe 15 20 minutes just to hold it all onto our ship because <laughs> i've not really played it what do you actually use the treasure for um so i'm gonna presume you use ships or something like that there's different stuff. So in, in the game, um, there are different, what they call emissaries. So each one has a different kind of objective in what they want you to do, and like, you can get different voyages from them. So there's one that's called Gold Hoarders, which is pretty much all about finding treasure, taking it back to them, give them the treasure back, they'll give you gold, um, and you'll increase in their reputation. You'll you'll get um, better missions as you as your rank goes up with them. Um, and you unlock different stuff, like you unlock different um, equipment, uh, weapons, clothing, sort of kind of tied to increasing reputation with them. And there's different emissaries as well. There's uh, there's them, there's the Order of Souls, so they're all about hunting down skeletons and uh, skeleton captains, take their skull back to them, increase reputation with them. And then there's the Merchant Alliance, which is all about um, transporting goods to different islands and stuff like that. So there's all there's all different ones, and you can use the gold to, um, like I said, uh, get different equipment. Equipment is always the same, and the weapons are as well. There's no 
increase in firepower or anything. Everything's kind of stays the same in terms of power and in terms of like firepower and that. Just so that like no one gets overpowered. It's literally yeah. kind of just Bounty. Yeah. yeah. It's literally about kind of are you good with it? Your skill with using this kind of stuff. So we hoarded all this stuff back, took it to an outpost, sold it all. But I was like dead tired afterwards. I was like, I'm gonna go straight to bed because I got work in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, it it wasn't a good time to do that, but it was fun. It was there's a lot of fun to it. Another story that happened uh, last night actually, I was with it was just me and one friend. We completed a voyage and we wanted to we we're gonna go back to an outpost so get a new one, I think. As we were doing that, we'd we were going to go to what's called like the Reaper's Hideout. So we we're going to hand these skulls in to these guys because they're another emissary that you can upgrade and stuff. But as we were coming over to it, we saw there was two ships having a fight. So we were like in the distance. We were like, okay, well, what we should we do? Should we just kind of wait out or should we see if we can kind of sneak around, see what we can do? So we decided we were going to just kind of sort of let them do their thing and we'll just get to the island, you know, uh, and handing these skulls that we got. As we started that, um, a ghost ship appeared and started having a fight with us. In the middle of that, um, the water underneath us started getting a, a darker colour, and then suddenly these, like, massive tentacles started appearing up, and we started oh, having a fight. Yeah, we started having <laughs> a fight with a kraken at the same time as a ghost ship. <laughs> so, like, so, like, we were doing that while, like, these two guys were having a fight somewhere else. And then, like, in the middle of everything, suddenly both of them got involved as well. So, we're, like, all suddenly having a fight with this Kraken and a ghost ship. And one, one of the ships, one of the human ships, I'd say itself has been Reapers. So, what's that? what that is in the game is that if you say yourself as being a, a emissary of the Reapers, uh, Reaper Bond, sorry. You, your essential objective then at that point is to hunt other players down and essentially sink them. So those two were having a fight. We all got involved. And then one, once that we'd, we'd beaten the Kraken, then there's like, we'd join with this other guy to try and destroy the, this Reaper ship. And it took all night to the point where it was just kind of, the other guys ended up getting sunken. And then we were trying to like get away from the, uh, Reapers. Because we, we had like a massive fire at one point. Both of us were like we were sinking. We legged it to try and repair our ship and stuff. And then they followed us for a good 10 minutes. And then we started fighting again. And throughout all the fighting, we'd like had our ship on autopilot. We didn't realize we were going straight into an island. So we got kind of, we got stuck at one point. So these guys just, we were like easy fodder from at that point. So they ended up finally sinking us. But it was just like, it's mental. Some like the stuff that happens. It's just crazy, but it's it's all fun. Like I loved it. Like I ended up boarding the ship once we sunk, and like managed to kill one of them, and the other guy killed me. And uh, I could hear them in voice chat, and one just said "get effed." So that was nice. Uh, <laughs> but no, uh, I I'm really excited to it. I'm kind of glad these my friends bought CFDs because I knew the game had a lot of potential to be a lot of fun and be able to create your own stories. Basically, I think is what really interests me about the game being able to create your own like pirate story basically because everything's different like that's the first time i fought kraken so that was pretty cool in the middle of like we'd already fought in megalodon at some point before that as well so <laughs> it's just mental and then the last game that i've returned to after a very long break and um 
again that used to kind of go back to was uh, The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword in HD. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so like you, you'd mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, Nathan. I was like, yeah, I should play that game again. <laughs> and uh, I completely ignored Pokemon. I've still not played Pokemon at all. Um, I was just <laughs> like gone straight into this. So that's another game that I need to complete. But I've really, I've, I've really dug into it. I'm, I'm really enjoying this one. To the point where I feel like my my previous thoughts on how good Breath of the Wild was is again slightly changed because of this one. Really? Is it that good? Or bad? No, it's good. It's good. I, I think the whole point that I think I'm, I'm slightly changed on Breath of the Wild is because of the traditional Zelda kind of formula of having dungeons to be able to you know, explore through, yeah. finding out, um, you know, going through all the little puzzles, finding new items to use that specific for that boss. And um, I, th- I think it's, it's something that I think Breath of the Wild doesn't do very well, as much as that I think... I do think Breath of the Wild is still the better game because of, of the possibilities they had with the whole open world, um, having to use different weapons and uh, thinking differently on how you approach things I like the whole open world aspect and the story um, but I think it, it, if there's one thing that Breath of the Wild did miss from it was traditional um, dungeons and that kind of stuff yeah which you know because it was back, more just the shrines weren't it and then when you got well, into it, the yeah, beast, like, you, you had a load in there but mm. it wasn't as it wasn't like a normal Zelda game well, I say it's, it, was, it, was re- it was reinventing the, the wheel sort of thing. And I do think future Zelda should follow that kind of blueprint. But if uh, what I kind of want from Breath of the Wild 2 is just a, a reintroduction of kind of traditional dungeons along with the whole open world. Because this is something that I think Skyward Sword does really well. So I'm going through it. I I'm, I want to say I'm, I'm pretty close to the end. Like, I've, I've got the... I got the Master Sword. Um, I've upgraded Master Sword to its full potential now. Yeah. So I'm just getting to the point of now, kind of uh, basically uh, finding um, Zelda and kind of breaking her out of a thousand-year prison that she's in, um, as she seems to always be in every game. Um, <laughs> and then probably find the the, the end, end boss eventually, but. I've really been enjoying it, and especially playing... I've not been doing the, the motion controls. I've been doing just a normal gamepad. Yeah, that's what I normally use, just the um, right analog stick for... Yeah, it's, uh, it, it took a while for me to get used to it, because the, the first fight with um, one of, sort of the big bads in the game really makes you think about how to use your sword and stuff. I think with gamepad controls being on the right stick it, it, it did take a while to get used to that because to swing your sword you've got to flick in a direction you can't hold it because if you hold it then you just you just point your sword down yeah. and actually using it and it took a while to kind of get used to that but like once i'd gone into you know really getting into the the, the mechanics of it and how to use it properly um it's just become like a like a traditional zelda game to me and i've just really been enjoying it uh, really like it and yeah that's, I can't wait to, to get it finished and then 
probably move on to Arcus once it comes out at that point. <laughs> yeah. Unless I can finish um, Shining Pearl just before. Just before. I need to get that done quick. Otherwise, it's going to get ignored. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Uh, funnily yeah. enough, I picked it up again yesterday because I got stuck at a certain point. Do you know, before you get into that first cave, I didn't know what I needed to do. Um, and funnily enough, I was just chopping things down randomly and I'm like, oh, I wonder if I could chop that wood for the entrance to that cave. And it turns out that I could do that. That's how I got through. Because before oh, I thought yeah. there was like something like a, another entrance I was missing because I couldn't access that right now. Yeah, yeah. And then I just started like chopping the trees around me, um, around that cave entrance. So like, oh, I wonder if this will work. Chopped it and then I'm through. I've got yeah. to, I've gone through the cave and I'm at my next save point. And I'm like, right, it'll be getting late. So I thought I'll leave it here and I've got a nice point to kind of go from. Continue from, yeah. 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 The- uh, I will say that there was one instance in um, one of the dungeons where I literally I, I tried everything that I thought to sort of con- continue on. Nothing was working. I was like, what am I missing? There must be something that I'm missing that I'm not quite doing. Decided to look up um, uh, a guide on sort of where I was. Ooh. And it was literally, yeah, you can do uh, and it was literally like the last thing I, I thought to do was what I needed to do. I was just like, really? That's all I needed to do? Like, I could. It was like, I didn't even think about it. It's the simple things, isn't it? But... So, yeah, it was literally like the last thing that I thought of doing. It was like, I did it in my game. It was like, okay, right, well, I can continue. <laughs> I know what I need to do. So. Um, but no, really enjoying it. Looking forward to finishing it. Um, and yeah, that's, uh, that's what I've been playing. Okay. So, should we do a question? Yeah. Well, the question is, what is your biggest gaming regret? Shall I kick off again? Yeah, go for it. If you want to. I'd say I did quite struggle with this one. Because mm. I did have another answer, but I used it for a previous question, so I couldn't use that again. But I did think of something. So one of my early gaming memories at home is playing on the Commodore 64. Now, I remember the little tape deck, you know, the, the multicolored loading screen and the awful screech sound it made when you loaded games on it. Uh, and I remember, I remember a few games I had it. I had the Terminator 2 game. So I remember that quite vividly. So like after the initial loading screen, there was this, there was another screen which showed like the metal Terminator and it's like started with its feet and then it panned upwards to its head. And that was actually a bit scary with that. Uh, and then, uh, Micro Pro Scott Soccer. That was another game I played, so it's a bit like sensible soccer, really. So like, a top-down football game. I remember for some reason I always played as Argentina on that. I think I just liked the kid. Um, but my regret here is that I don't really know what happened to my Commodore 64. Mm. And I regret not knowing where it went. Because I've still got my Tower 2600 from back, back then. But the Commodore 64 just disappeared. I don't know where it went. And I don't want to know. I don't know if it got thrown out. I don't know if it got Sold. Have you had a broke. chat with your parents about it? See if they know. No, but I feel like I need to. Because this is important. Let's have this conversation. <laughs> it might be up at Loft in the corner or something. It's the most important it conversation you're going to have with your parents. <laughs> but my biggest regret is not knowing what happened to that Commodore 64. Because every now and again, I keep thinking about it. I think it's because, like, you know, every other week we keep talking about games and we talk about gaming history and all that. And then yeah, it just keeps popping into my head. Yeah, it's just like, what happened to that? Why have I still got me Atari, but not that? <laughs> It's just very odd. So yeah, that's that's my regret not knowing what happened to that. If it's still there, I'm gonna be my mind is gonna be blown. Yeah. <laughs> if they've still got it. Just got all your cassettes still. Yeah. Load into it. But yeah, that's that, that's mine. 
whether well, is it a regret? I don't know, but that's what I'm going with. I just want to know what happened to it. Go on, Nathan. Okay. So, right, my biggest um, gaming regret is trying to turn my sister into a boy. Now. Is that a gaming regret? What? Yeah. I'll get get stabbed there. I've got to premise it with a story first. So, basically, when I were, I would have been like seven, I were about seven. And um, me and my sister, there's four years between us, so she would have been three at the time. And I wanted a brother, and she'd only just started growing hair. So what I ended up doing is I cut her hair, and I put a Pokemon T-shirt on her. And I said, right, you're my brother now. Okay. In in retaliation, she ended up pouring shampoo in my PS1 and snapping my Crash Bandicoot disc, which was absolute sacrilege for seven-year-old Nathan. Wow, whoa. Okay, so you, when you say you cut her hair, yeah. what do you mean? You made a bold? I, what? What did you do? No, I cut her hair and spiked it up. Okay, you put, hair a, you put a t-shirt on. A Pokemon t-shirt, yeah. And she retaliated by putting shampoo in your PS1? Yeah. That's quite a big step. <laughs> I was saying that, if she thinks she's three, maybe she didn't understand what that was. Yeah, I, probably, but... Anyway, I ended up getting another version of Crash Bandicoot and a, another PlayStation off my mum and dad. But, yeah, that's my biggest regret. Otherwise, mm. well, one, for the psychological horror that's been imprinted on her to this day. And two, for me not having a PlayStation for about two weeks, not being able to play my favourite game at the time. To be, f- to be fair, if you put a Pokemon short- shirt on me, we'd be having problems. So. You, <laughs> you'd be pouring um, stuff into the PS5. Yep. Uh, you know so, how hard they're to get. So. Yep, that's it. <laughs> Be careful, Nathan. Um, I did have another regret, because um, honestly, that one has only just come to me in what you were talking about, Mark. My original regret was me continuously buying FIFA every year, just <laughs> in terms of the amount of time and money I spend on it for what is essentially a not very good game. When we've got these riches of games among us that we can spend all this time playing on and having amazing experiences Always go back to FIFA, which makes me feel a bit sick. But it's the highs that keep you going back. It's an addiction, though, isn't it? It is. It is. Well, to be fair, it's I enjoy it because play clubs. Uh, it's a good. I think well, that, I, that's a nice social thing for us. I think. Yeah. Like, I, I don't. When it's going I, I don't think I would have regretted playing FIFA when it's kind of like stuff. I think if if it was sort of like if you. Would, Spending a lot on Ultimate Team every yeah, year, if it's, then, yeah, then, if you, then if I that's can see it being like a regret. Yeah. Like, I've, I, there's probably a little, a little of mine when, it, when they first introduced it, I kind of got into it. And I was like, yep, got to put money into it. I, want, I need to get all the best players. I need to get the best team and stuff. And then, like, as the years have gone by, I'm just like, I don't play Ultimate Team. Why am I putting money into this? I just don't. <laughs> yeah. That's um, it. But yeah, that's that's my biggest regret. Weird, but that's it. <laughs> what about you, man? <laughs> um, I feel like mine isn't isn't as extreme as kind of your guys, but I I when I thought about it, I did I did kind of two two in my head. Um, I don't know. If I, I feel like I might have I've mentioned the first one somewhere in a previous podcast. I feel like I've mentioned it, but like 
I can I can really think of much else as, as a kind of a regret in gaming for myself. So um, the, the first one I have was that um, there's a game that I bought at full price that I wish that I, I didn't because the <laughs> game is the get, It's probably the worst game game that I've played that has had the most potential to be a really good game um, in my eyes anyway. Um, so the game that I'm talking about is called Alpha Protocol. Um, if you've never heard of the game, um, it is a third-person spy espion type kind of game um, that was made by Obsidian, um, who had like at the time had kind of come off from doing Fallout New Vegas, which I love. It's my favorite Fallout. And when I saw a lot of preview for this game, it was like, oh, it's, it's, it's very much kind of, it was almost like Mass Effect, but saying like a, a, a spy world in, in effect. Cause you had, you had the whole chat system as well, or dialogue system with the, you know, you, you could pick whether you want to be like good response, bad response, maybe sort of in between response. But they had an added mechanic in which you, you had like a time limit to, to pick a response. Otherwise, it would it would like it would pick like a, the most like default one for you and stuff, and it, it affected it would affect what would happen like previous games. So like, uh, so the game is all about like you go to a certain place, do a mission there, go to another place, and it, what you did in the first place could affect what, certain things in the second place. So like maybe a character brings up oh such and such happened here or something that wouldn't happen if you went there first sort of thing. Um. And there was a lot of potential for, for like customization. So like the weapon system, you could, you know, so you had an assault rifle, you could pick a number of silencers, scopes, magazines, barrel stuff, like a lot of customization to that. So there's a lot of, when I was reading into it, there's a lot of potential in my mind for like, oh, this could be like a brilliant game. Um, and I like, this could be Obsidian's like, big break into like having a, a big sort of series that they could go into so when it came out I bought it put it in um and uh how can I describe there was, there was many many bugs and glitches in this game which is is probably well known for when Obsidian was this? as well when was this released oh um I want to say maybe 2000 and Eight, nine? I feel like I was in university. What was it called? Alpha Protocol. 2010, apparently. Oh, 2010. Well, I was at university at this point, so I'd say at that point. Um, and just, if you see, like, videos of the game, it's just awful. A lot of it is, it feels like it wants to be Metal Gear Solid as well, where you've like, you've got guards in a room, they've got like a, an eyes, you know, a line sight that you can see on the map, you'd stay away from it or, or you get caught. But like, when you do the crouching, it's like, you look constipated at all times. <laughs> and when, and when you're moving in the crouching as well, you like, you're just like, you like that. And it's just like, what? You're like hunched down and like the feet just move, you're, you're like skiing. Um, it's so awful. And like the shooting was like, nah. the story as well. Like I, I appreciate that 
the choices you made did affect certain stuff, and then you could like build relationships with certain characters, who would then act different depending like if you meet them later on or stuff. But the story is a bit convoluted, and uh, I I wish I'd not bought it at full price. I feel like I'd really waste my money with it. When you started talking about like buying a game at full price, I thought, well, this is this could apply to a load of games, can't it? It could, apply, <laughs> yeah, it could apply to a load. To be fair, um, <laughs> but no, it, I think for, for the game that I'd like the most potentially in, in my mind for it to mm. kind of come out like that, I was just like, oh, why? Yeah. I'll, I'll never regret buying full price for Sonic uh, 06. No. <laughs> I don't care, that game had a lot of charm and has a killer soundtrack, so I don't care. Uh, <laughs> charm? Yes, it's got a lot of charm. Well, you're waiting 15 minutes for the next stage to load. <laughs> that was the charm in it. They taught you Good things come to those who wait, Nathan. Yeah, come on. No, moderate <laughs> things come to those who wait with that game. Well, mediocre, but anyway. Uh, that's for another question, potentially. Um, the only other thing that I feel like I've got a, a good amount of regret for... Um, is not being able to get into the, any of the Elder Scrolls or from software games. Maybe Elder purely Scrolls. for one thing. Elder Scrolls. So, oh. Skyrim, yeah. Oblivion. Yeah, no, I, I, I always try and play them like, for, ever since, so like my first Elder Scrolls game that I played was Morrowind. Hmm. And I maybe got an hour into it and I just got kind of confused in what you were meant to be doing. Like, there didn't seem to be some sort of goal. And that's probably on my fault. A lot of that, I was just kind of stealing um, cups and plates and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I remember going to a shop and they were like, buy this stuff. And I was like, I don't have the gold. I'll just steal it. And then suddenly all the guards <laughs> of the town came onto me and tried to murder me. Uh, <laughs> so, but... It's almost like crime doesn't pay. Yeah, but then like when it, when I tried to start playing it properly, um, I just I I felt lost and just didn't know what I was meant to be doing. Um, and I'm not saying that translated to like the other ones. Like I kind of knew sort of what you once it got to like Oblivion and obviously Skyrim, it was like I understood the structure of Bethesda games at that point. Mm. But I feel like it's it's a mixture of like setting and um. Maybe being fantasy as well. Like, normally I do, I do like fantasy. Like, I can get... Like, I like The Witcher. I can get stuff like that. Witcher. Um, trying to think. I can't... Immediately I can't think of any other, like, fantasy stuff. Uh, Harry Potter. We'll go with that. But for whatever reason, just with, with Elder Scrolls games, it I feel like there's... Because there's, there's just so much to it. I, I just... It feels overwhelming. In a way that the Fallout games don't. Even though there's structure-wise, they're quite similar. But I think the same helps for me with Fallout. I find uh, Assassin's Creed a bit more overwhelming. Basically, you just unlock the map and it's just symbols everywhere. It's just like, what? where do mm. I start? What do I do? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I agree to some extent. I think certainly the, the more recent Assassin's Creed, I think, from like... I mean, what what From saves? I mean, I've not played Valhalla. Well, I've not played Odyssey either. But what no. saves Origins and Odyssey for me is that I like the time periods. Yeah, yeah. I, I do like. I, I feel like the traversal, the traversal system, 
in Origins is is still good enough, and the setting is is really well done. I love Egypt; it's really really realized well in gaming format, I should say. Mm-hmm. Plus, I still think the story is good. I've not played Odyssey, and, uh, and I know it's like <laughs> yeah. I, I need I need to like build myself up to Odyssey because I know it's about like a seventy to eighty yeah. hour game. I, I need to put like a year aside to play it. Yeah. <laughs> It's a little off point as well when um, uh, we didn't really talk about it. It's probably more news bit. But when um, Techland came out recently in a tweet, it was like, it'll take you 500 hours to complete Dying Light 2. I'm like, I can't think of a more off point tweet that you could have put out than that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have 500 hours to spare on your game. (laughs) Yeah. Too many games. I mean, to clarify, like the story is actually about 20 hours. But if you want to do literally everything in that game, it's 500. Like, I could put 500 in Call of Duty, but that's because I, I take like an hour or two at a time, and I don't feel like I'm wasting my time. <laughs> if you're telling me 500 hours to play a game, no. Um, but no, I don't. I don't know. I, I keep on struggling with with Elder Scrolls. Like every now and then, I try and go back to Skyrim. And even when I've got it modded for certain things to not be in it, I still. I don't know. It's. It's just, it just it feels overwhelming for some reason. Um, and maybe maybe not the same, but in, for different reasons, it's, it's, it's a bit similar for the from software games. So from like you know Demon Souls all up to, I mean I've not tried Dark like I've not tried Dark Souls two three, um, I've not tried Blood uh, Blood Bone. That's it. Or um, Sekiro. Um, but just from even just doing Dark Souls, um, I feel like I'd have to put a lot of time into it to try and really grasp everything from it. And I feel disappointed because, like, same with the, like the Elder Scrolls and From Software, I can see the appeal. I can see like the games are celebrated, and I, I like I want to be a part of it. I want to be able to like enjoy those games as well. But just things, there's things in those games that like hold me back, and I feel like really disappointed and like not being able to embrace them, like how like yeah. Bloodborne was like celebrated as like the game of the year that year. But for me, I was just like, nope, couldn't think of a worse game to play. <laughs> they are they are just a bit overwhelming, I think. It's just the, the the one thing I have against the from software games is that basically they feel like they're alienating a section of the audience because yeah. they're so like. Everyone who plays it is like it feels like a cult. It's like yeah, uh, maybe it's yeah. I think maybe part of it as well. Maybe it might be the fan base as well. Mm. It's like oh, Although, if, you, if you can't play this, say that apparently that the From Software community are very good with newcomers because is it in some I don't know, one, I don't know too much about, but you, you can join into another game, can't you? Yeah. So. From software games and apparently they help each other out whenever somebody jumps in that kind of thing. Yeah, so it can be like part of like a co-op experience. So like if someone jumps into another one's game, you can either help them with what they're doing or you can obviously battle them. Yeah, um, but apparently, apparently most people help them out, so which is I guess that's pleasant, you know. But no, it's nice to hear. For me personally, it's just it's it's it just feels too gated. Those games for me, it's mm. just like I can't, I just can't get into. Them. Not you. Yeah. Because it's just too difficult. <laughs> and to be fair, it's, it's a little bit similar with um, Dragon Dragon's Dogma. 
that Capcom made. A, a very similar styled game where it's maybe it's parts partially same, maybe it's partially the difficulty of it. I'm not sure, but it's it's, it's one of those like I, I I keep on going back to it and I'll start it and I'll get so far and then I'll I'll, I'll just stop because I'm just like it just feels feels like I've got to dedicate myself to it and I just I don't I don't have that time anymore. Yeah. Like me, maybe ten years ago would would probably love them, but <laughs> me now is just like I just want I always kind of just want bite size experiences. Experiences. Yeah. That think, or if it's something that I'm really in investing, like you know, The Last of Us. If I'm super hyped to buy it, then like yeah, I'll up all the time. But ten to fifteen hours, that's what I want from a game. Yeah, just no fluff, just 10 to 15 hours of a really good game. Good gameplay, good story. Because then you can just set aside about a time and say, right, hopefully this is about a time I can complete it. Yeah. Then you'd, you'd get through your, your back catalogs a lot quicker, wouldn't you? Oh, definitely. I know everything's open mm. world. They're massive and endless. <laughs> anyway, I feel yeah, like I'm slightly going up a tangent here. Hello. Yeah. So there you go. That's our biggest gaming regrets. If you enjoyed listening to us, please consider tuning in next time. We release bi-weekly on Tuesdays. You can visit our website at jokingdolphin.com where we post the Hall of Fame. Also feel free to follow us on all social media platforms to continue the conversation. You can find Joking Dolphin on YouTube and Facebook as well as on Instagram and Twitter at Joking Dolphin. Until next time, thanks for listening. Goodbye. Take care. Bye-bye.